0: difficulty and I'm biting on my tongue and I give stalling. All right. Hey, hey. good evening. Hey. We are back at yes. it again. It's a, it's a different song,
1: though. This is Brock and Pep's Sportsman like It is. But <laughs> we got a different walk-up song today.
0: We, oh, you just gave <laughs> it away. It's a walk-up song. <laughs> wow. This is a walk-up song of our next guest. So we are fortunate enough to have a special guest today, which is great. Before I tell you who that is, I'm going to tell you who's with me right now. So we got Pep, Mike, and Andrew are with us and our special guest. He's an Ottawa area native. He's attended the University of Kentucky on a baseball scholarship. We'll talk about that later. And he was drafted in 2010 by the San Diego Padres in the fourth round, which for those who don't know, the Major League Baseball has about 400 rounds. So
1: that's, so that's pretty like, good. That's like first round, <laughs> that's, basically.
0: If it was the NFL, it'd be first, first round. round.
1: Yeah, late first.
0: Yeah, uh, he's a bronze medal winner in the 2011 Baseball World Cup. A gold medal winner. in the 2011 Pan Am Games, and he was recently inducted into the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame back in 2012. Joining us today is none other than auto-native Chris Bisson.
2: There you go. Yeah, that's the right way to do that's it. That's the right way basic, to
0: say yeah. it? So that was your walk-up song? <laughs>
2: yep, it used to be, yeah. And why was that your walk-up song? <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about it. I got, uh, it was a dare once because none of the announcers could ever say my name properly. My last name, they would always <laughs> ask, how do we spell it? And I got every iteration of it except the correct way. And um, Give us
1: some examples. Yeah, give us the, the worst um, leads.
2: Bison, Bisson, Bisson, like you name it, all of the, all of the above. <laughs> I like bison. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's the one that was pretty common, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, some of the guys were just like, you know, that's not my name. So they're just, they put that up. And then I got, I went four for four that game, never went back. And that was in, <laughs> ro- that was in rookie ball in like 2010, the first year. And then I stuck with it all the way through 2013. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny
0: how uh, things stick like that. It's, it, you know, again, we were going to talk superstitions, but mm-hmm. as soon as something works, you're like, screw it, I'm doing it again. I'm eating the same thing with the same hand at the same restaurant.
2: Same socks, same underwear, you name it. Yeah. Do you have a lot
0: of superstitions?
2: <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. It's like baseball players often get that way, right? It's like when something starts to work properly, a bat, a handle, the way you tape, the way your cleats even. I'm not going to wash my cleats this game because they're dirty, whatever, right? You name it, baseball players will start doing it just because it gets to a comfortable spot. So yeah, I, I just I, I became a little superstitious for that for funny reasons, not necessarily because I actually thought those things would actually, you know, produce yeah, yeah. results. But <laughs> yeah, you start doing it for fun. Yeah. And then people start knowing you for it too, right? Because then you know you the, that's a pretty <laughs> this is a pretty strange song <laughs> to walk up to.
0: That's so. yeah, that'll catch people's attention in, yeah.
2: a,
1: in a baseball stadium sort of. Uh. Brock, yes. How are you feeling about the SEC? Oh, here we go. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm just gonna throw it out there. He's wearing it. He's wearing it. <laughs> so I, I thought we would get to it later, but he's wearing it right in front of you. Got it. Got to. Have you guys talked about this? Have you guys exchanged emails about no, this? We no, we haven't. We haven't. I was waiting for I'm this sorry. specific I just, time. I have Let's to,
2: get it out. I do have to say, football, baseball—they're so different. They're both powerhouses in both their respective sports, but like football-wise, for especially for our school, when Alabama came through, or when Florida came through, right, or Georgia or Tennessee, I could go on and on, right? Yeah. When those when those teams came into town, tailgating was on another planet, right? People were like, yeah, the parking lot was insane, and. We'd get crushed every time, right? <laughs> there hasn't been too many good football Kentucky football teams. And I just remember what, like, it's hard to explain. Like, the talent level of Kentucky is okay. Got some good players that come out of there, but nothing like, like you know, Micah Johnson and, you know, um, Cobb, Randall Cobb. Yeah. You know, there's some good players that Micah, have come Micah out. Micah Johnson. Uh, Saskatchewan Rough Rider. Uh so you yeah. a CFL player? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a great player actually. Um we've had some other guys like like not but no, no notable names, right? Like really. But then you start going through the rest of the SEC and the top draft picks every year usually come out of the SEC, right? The SEC just,
0: is a is a powerhouse, so Kentucky you're fighting against some really big opponents oh my God, yeah. in terms of recruiting and whatnot. What the um, notable Jared Lorenzo?
1: Jared Lorenzo. Uh, oh, yes. yeah. Lorenzo. Lorenzin, I think yes. I said Lorenzo.
0: Lorenzin, Yeah, Lorenzin, the, the quarterback, the right? The, yeah. the late, the late, the late. The the latest late. Latest yeah. He just recently passed, passed away. not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he brought some excitement in Kentucky for sure. And again, without going too far into the whole college football yeah. thing, because <laughs> sure, yeah, I'll, that. I'll, I'll so bring so you down go, there. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk and about. It. You will stay with me for a long time.
2: But we didn't even talk about basketball, anyways. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah no. John yeah, Calipari. But what Kentucky's
0: a, getting a lot better as it is. Yeah. Uh, a guy played with Montreal. Anwar Stewart was coaching there for a while too. And that I think they just beat Florida last year. Yep. Um, for the first time in like thirty years too. So they're doing some really good things. So uh, you know, again, it's a program you can be proud of. They're going to
1: they're they're building it. So good on them. Now, when we talk about, I'll throw this out at you here. When we talk about um, college baseball, Mm -hmm. when we talk, well, first of all, when we talk about basketball, the four powerhouses come to come to mind, right? Kansas, North Carolina, Kentucky, and Duke. Yep. In the baseball world, in terms Mm -hmm. of college what's the top four what's the final four it changes yearly it does you can
2: expect the sec usually to kind of be in the mix every single year um most most college world series you'll always have at least like one two or even three possible teams from the sec kind of go south carolina alabama georgia florida all these programs are, are are you know top notch they always get the craziest recruits and one of the craziest things and i was actually you know going back through some of your guys' old podcasts you know talking about college players getting paid right i think that was on the last one they signed it
0: in california yeah exactly
2: and to me it's just kind of like there is a lot of that especially for football and especially for basketball right but baseball you don't oftentimes get that you're not going to get the same kind of attendance But the thing is, is that like not all college sports are equal. So for NCAA baseball, you get 11.3 full scholarships to divide between like 40, 35, 40 guys. Right. So for baseball, like when I talk, when we think about like how you go ahead and pay players. Right. Compensation. That's one of the one of the things Like I didn't go to school on a full scholarship. I think a lot of that sometimes people look at these big D1 schools, like all their all their athletes are on full scholarships. Like all oh, that guys on the baseball team must have a full ride. It I didn't know
0: it's only no. 11 for 40.
2: Guys? 11.3. I don't know what this 30 percent. Yeah. Does so, that have
0: anything to do with Title IX?
2: Yeah, it does, yeah, depending on how many female athletes that you have. Yeah, with because the equal I know football, yeah. so nine. many of them. Yeah, Title IX like is where, yeah.
0: Yeah, title nine is where uh, you have to give as many scholarships to female athletes as you do male athletes. But there is no football equivalency for a female sport. So when you have 80 some guys that have scholarships in a football team, that's 80 more female athletes you have to give scholarships to. Mm-hmm. Oh. So is, you know, did oh. baseball get screwed in terms of like, we got to take some scholarships away from baseball because maybe it doesn't bring in as much money. So we're not going to, as football, yeah. um, so we're going to cut that down because if not, we just don't have the equivalency on the female side to
2: Yeah, pretty much get like, the, I, I, like that was back in, don't forget, like this was 07 yeah. to 2010, cause I got drafted my junior year. So I was there for three years. So that was the rule back then. But just
0: so you know, we're all way older than that. So you go way back in 2010. I was like, cool. I had yeah. a kid or something. It's been a while.
2: <laughs> it feels like a long time ago. But yeah, yeah. no, it's, super, it's it, it is really interesting. Right. Because you have superstars that come through like John Wall and Demarcus Cousins started through the basketball program. And I could go on and on names for basketball and the amount of money that comes in. Mm-hmm. And you look at football and the amount of teams and the quality that comes through every year. It's a lot of revenue, right? So you start that, that conversation's always usually around basketball and football. Those superstars that come through, like you look at Zion Williamson for last year for Duke, right? Yeah. How much money that did that bring into the school if the average ticket rate was like five to six hundred bucks for a nosebleed just to watch him play? We we're
1: just having that
0: conversation. Exactly. You know?
2: So to me, it's just really so, interesting. Yeah. Let me yeah. just
0: ask you then from a, a university baseball player, so not one of the, the big yep. sports in terms of uh, money making. What is your take on athletes getting paid and like how do you it. think it should work? I, guess? I don't mind
2: it. I mean, I think if royalties wise, especially if you're selling a Zion Williamson, you know, we're going to stick on that subject because that's a very like obvious, pretty recent example. But you look at guys like that and you think about all the like one, the ticket sales. And that's a little bit subjective. Like, how do you measure that? Right. Like they have a lot of good talent there. But when you look at like t- sales for like his jersey being sold with his name on it, like that's a no brainer to me. But do they other- sell
0: jerseys with names on it? Can universities do that? Number at least. Like the number, yeah. the number the for number, sure. The number for sure. sure. So and in then, likeness, right, it used to yeah. be a lot, but I don't know if that. Anyway.
2: But no, that's a good. That's a great point. That's a perfect point, right? Where it's just kind of like, how do you measure that? Yeah. And then the other part of it is exactly what we were just talking about: is how many scholarships do you give to players? So if you if you're going if you're attending like a D one school, like our female athletes are amazing. Like you should look at the record for our like Kentucky female rifle, rifle. Rifle, rifle, like guns. Rifle. That was it. That, that was a sport. Yeah. Our and our gymnastics teams and our cheerleading teams were like national I mean, champions Kentucky, every year, for sure. Yeah. They did have a rifle but, one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. So those, but it's little things like that where it's like, I don't know how many full scholarships that they were giving to the equivalent for the guys, right? Right. So for me, that was one of the things that was a huge burden for me at school is just the cash flow, right? How do we go through this? Out of state tuition is even more expensive than in state tuition, yeah. and you're not an alumni. Or, like, you know, your family, your dad, your mom didn't attend the school, so you don't get that, like, in-state, like, alumni tuition rate. Right. So I was paying full, full, full. So most of my signing bonus when I got drafted for baseball was literally just paying my debt for, <laughs> really? for school. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah. And then that's pretty interesting to <laughs> So what about. would you
0: be if you had, again, chi- chime in, you two guys, if you need to. That's i um, pointing at Mike and Andrew. But if you had a pitcher, let's say, whoever the best pitcher you've ever played with, and he was getting – you know, 200 grand a season for royalties and uh, you know, likeness being used. How would you feel as somebody who's still on his team who's not making that, that money? You know, and especially if he's more likely. So the argument I had was he's more likely to go to the pros mm-hmm. and, you know, differentiating between who the star is and who's not just because he's he's the pitcher right there's still a bunch of other guys that yeah. are contributing or as an offensive lineman I'm like yeah the quarterback's great because I'm blocking for his ass, right so where's my cut right you know yeah and I guess that's the the tricky part that I find in terms of paying athletes but from your standpoint I don't know if you have any opinions on that or thoughts of how maybe it can work or
2: I mean honestly it's just like you know I mean that's they're going to really ha- I think it's a good thing that they're starting with one state let's see how it goes type of thing right let's let's take a look and find out before we kind of Throw this out to the rest of the pro, like NCAA programs, but isn't that dangerous? But it is dangerous because you're going to have some guys get paid and some guys are to want to come UCLA, over there. UCLA, Cal,
0: yeah. all those things. If you say I can yeah. go to California and get paid, are you going to Kentucky? Hell no! I'm no, going to Cal. No, you're going to Cal. Yeah,
2: you're going, I'm to, going Cal. to Cal. going to Cal. Like it's got to be all or nothing. Yeah, UCLA is going to have a little like a little bit of a kind of an extra chip in there when they're signing oh. bigger guys, right? But like 100%. one of the things for baseball was like they they have they do have like bigger like better incentives for the best players. So like five star athletes, right? Like they'll those guys will usually come through and they'll say, Okay, we'll give you full ride and there's some there's always an and to it, right? So there's a little bit of, you know, this the for example like they're able to get their apartments like, you know, paid for through the university so that they can actually give the kids housing. Right, little things like that, where we had some guys, right, through some programs, would get little compensations like that, just in terms of like making sure that their allowances were paid. So for living expenses, nothing on the side. Like you hear all these crazy stories all, everything about on the, the up and up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None, none of the crazy stuff, like having an agent and getting all those stuff. Although that rule did change, but that it's kind of like one of those little things where you have a little bit of incentive for better guys to come to your school. But overall, it's the school and the facilities that are gonna sell the program to the kid, right? So it's always hard for Especially in the SEC for us, signing baseball guys, in April it was you know, freezing. And, and the season starts in February, so we only had, always had to do a tournament in the, in the South. Mm. You look at California now, and they're gonna be doing all this stuff with these kids. The right. weather's great all year round, and you, know, you, you start thinking about those things, yeah. it's gonna be interesting to see how, how it rolls out.
3: So you, you went down, uh, you, you said you weren't uh, on a full ride Nope. Uh, so what, What like, obviously, I know Brock wanted to
2: touch on the Ottawa baseball team, but yeah. what, what led you from here to there? Uh, the junior national team. Um, a bunch of kids got hurt. I had no business being on that team at all that year. The junior and, uh, national team. The junior national team in high school, yeah. So we went to the Canada Cup, and we were part of Team Ontario. We won that. And then because I literally, this is what happened. One of the assistant baseball coaches for Kentucky, his name was Brad Bohannon, and I like I owe everything to him to this guy he's awesome um, he's the head coach of the Alabama uh, Crimson Tide for the baseball team now he saw me lay down a bunt it was just a simple bunt and in baseball um, if you run a sub four so a f- sub four second to first base whether you're righty or lefty a sub four is like okay you know you're a good runner you're fast right that was the entire reason he approached my dad that was the whole reason he came up to my dad and he said wow the kid's pretty fast like you think he'd be, com- like he'd be comfortable with coming for uh, a visit to the campus just to check it out. And Kentucky was like, I had two offers. I had two offers to go to university and play NCAA baseball. That's it. That's all I got. And you attribute that to your speed. That's the only reason I like, I, I'm not, I'm not a power guy. I'm not a, I am not I do not have a big arm. See, I'm just, all these just kids quick. out here trying to hit quick. home
0: runs, trying to be a thing. It's a bunt yeah. and a hustle play. Mm-hmm. They got you
2: noticed. That's run. It. That's the only reason. And we talk, like I joke with Brad all the time, the, the coach we laugh about all the time. Like I sent him a letter every year. Like, Hey, thanks again. <laughs> Is he any relation to Brian Bohannon? No, no, oh, okay. no, but yeah, no. Awesome guy. Like that's really, random. yeah, sorry. <laughs> <All> <laughs> I, I, hey, bro. might as well make sure, right? <laughs> Brian Bohannon was a <laughs> le- le-
1: left handed reliever. I can't remember. I think he played for Minnesota back in the nineties, but anyway, Bohannon, yeah. yeah. You got a little Lee McGuire in yay. Ah, sorry, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing a random <laughs> story, boys. Yeah. Not the first time I've heard that actually. You know what? I We, it's funny. That was a great question. I. What part of town did you grow up in? Orleans. Orleans, Ontario. Orleans,
2: Ontario, where there's not a (laughs) single baseball facility for miles and miles and miles. What school did you go to?
1: Beatrice Deloge. I got a funny story about that. Well, we'd like to hear yeah. it because I've never heard of that school. Is it francophone? It's, yeah, it okay. is. Yeah. École catholique. Beatrice Delage. Delage. Is, that, is Beatrice Delage like a, uh, was she uh, somebody who was Yeah, never really. To the, the, to was honest, yeah. She's was the principal. Yeah. She's <laughs> the principal? No, the school after, that's right? <laughs> hopefully, amazing. <laughs> hopefully,
2: hopefully, she's got some, uh, yeah, no, um, I was just starting to get, I was really just starting to get into baseball, like really, because I had really never focused on it. Baseball in Canada is tough. Yeah, and um, I played for the Ottawa European Canadians, which is like, you know, fallow field far So I used to have to take the bus after my after my uh, shift at Tim's. I used to have to just sprint yes, over Gary. there on a the 95 With your
3: equipment Yeah, <laughs> is that... yeah. with yeah, my equipment
2: That's a sacrifice you did, there? You didn't quit
1: <laughs> After one bus ride <laughs> Christmas missed that um, that first part of our interview and uh, that's good. Yeah. Anyways, continue. <laughs> that was story. a shot at Pierre and anyway, yeah. Chris is the long story. Um, Anyways, continue. So
2: I was just, yeah, I was just literally, I was just it's starting to get day into day baseball day. and, um, what ended up happening one day is, it, it, at Beatrice because it was really cold. Eric Bedard had not set up his whole, uh, home, uh, baseball kind of mini little like field, right? He hasn't done yet. Where, he was w- getting it built.
1: Bedard was in Rockland, right? Or, or yeah,
2: like Navin Rockland yeah. area. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I was all excited, and then my gym coach literally came up to me, Mr. Tuzian, and He's like, "Hey, uh, Eric Bedard is going to be using the uh, the gym this afternoon." And I was like, "Okay, that's cool." I always used to stay after school because, like, you know, basketball court and all that stuff, and hang out with friends. So he's like, "Hey, um, I heard you like he he baseball. Nobody even knew that I was on the junior national team. You know what I mean? Like, baseball is just like that in Canada. Right. So he comes up to me. He's like, he knew to play baseball. He's like, "Do you want to stand in for him?" I'm like, "Yeah." I don't have a bat though. He's like, "He's got one." So he literally just pitching off the mound, I was just standing there watching the ball just like zoom in, right? And that was my first real look at like, that's what major league pitching looks like. And I remember thinking, I'm never ever gonna go anywhere. Because <laughs> at, at this point, I wasn't really like, I was on a junior national team, but like, who cares, right? Not, 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 not that I want to belittle that, but at the same time, I, I was pretty self-aware. Like okay, it's baseball. It's Canada. It's like it's not the Team USA or anything, right? You know what I mean? So I was like, yeah. I stood in, and I remember thinking that I was just kind of like, wow, like that's un- that's insane. That's where was can throw he in that his hard. career at that point? He was in the big. Was he the Orioles? Yeah. Or? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, that was pretty interesting. So yeah, Beatrice Delage, Orleans, right on the cuff, like on the outskirts.
0: So what's the like? What's the process of getting on the junior national team?
2: Uh, so every single year, there's uh, the the Canada Cup. And guys you literally go in to try out for your provincial team so usually they'll be like a competitive league for so for Ontario back then it's not that it's not that anymore but it was called the PBLO so okay. we would play against the Toronto like Jays the junior Jays uh, the Toronto Mets on and on and our team the Ottawa Nepean Canadians were part of that league and you get invi- you get an invite basically you go out you try out for the team and That's basically how it kind of went down. The the coach's son was the shortstop, so I was basically the backup. And he got hurt, and that's how I got on the team that year.
3: And that's uh, 16 to 18.
2: Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. I think it's still that. I don't know if it's up to nineteen, but yeah, it's. Did, did you play um, any other sports when you were a kid? Yeah, volleyball, basketball. Love basketball. I used basketball, still play. Yeah, yeah, still play basketball in rec league little, once in a while. Were you going
0: to walk on at Kentucky? Yeah, I was
2: yeah. thinking about it. Yeah, you might as well. You yeah,
0: needed a point guard. Going to show Calipari yeah
1: <laughs>
2: some deep threes.
1: <laughs> okay, he needed a point guard. Yeah. They they've run out so many so many NBA players through Kentucky with Calipari there. It's it's insanity. Aaron oh Fox God. and like you you mentioned Cousins and Wall and it's it reeling
0: should, back in boys. We're, 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 a, we're going in the college
2: Sorry, basketball man. thing. You you don't don't back, oh. back so talk about NCAA so football. I've got. I love UK basketball. Every year I oh. watch it. Yeah, it's on my calendar. It's on my. Google Have you met calendar. Calipari? Perry? Uh, yep. And what's he like? Uh, pretty standard guy. He loves doing commercials. <laughs> he's very. He's very out there, right? Like it's he's so uh, random. What does that mean? So many commercials. <laughs> if you go down, Kentucky has nothing. Like the local TV. Yeah. It. Kentucky's got no pro teams at all, right? Not in the entire state. Nothing. Nothing. So it's Louisville and it's in this Lexington. Those are like the two main cities. Mm-hmm. And other than that, there's nothing really going on. So people die. They live and die by sports down there just for their college sports or whatnot. So every time you turn on the TV, it'd be like some sort of Calipari, like Ford dealership. <laughs> oh, he's a shell-out, like, he's yeah. totally a shell so, yeah. Insurance, like every single commercial had him in it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. it was Guaranteed,
0: like <laughs> it was like, what do I need today? I need insurance, perfect. I'm gonna do a spot for you guys for insurance. I need a car, it's spot for the car. I need lawn care, spot for the lawn care. You know. I minored in geography and I had no clue where Kentucky was yep. until I went to Cincinnati and I landed in Kentucky and had to drive over to Cincinnati. And I was like, it's like an hour away, Kentucky yeah. borders Ohio. Mm-hmm. I was like, that doesn't not, make any sense. That doesn't make any Are sense. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Is that right? Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. Well, it's a beautiful I drive,
2: like, but ah. yeah, no, it's in the. I didn't know where it was either until we went down for my visit. It's, it's, like a, con, my it's a concrete
1: jungle in oh, Cincinnati. Is like a con. Well, Ohio in general. Yeah, yeah it's nice. A lot of yeah.
2: All, I mean, every Kentucky in, for the most part is, I want to say for the most part, pretty much all Cincinnati Bengals fans just oh, yeah. because it's not that far away from yeah. lexington it's like an hour hour and a half so it's, it's a nice to drive hear. so it's, it's tough yeah to hear. yeah it's very difficult to hear
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, next time i go down for that uh, cool clinic the coaches of offensive linemen always happens in cincinnati yeah i'll have to do it and then i'll hit you up and get me some contacts when i go take a look at the campus of kentucky oh for sure New stadium yeah. looks beautiful oh brock? yeah
1: brock boys let's say we take a quick commercial break and come back. This has been, this was, this started off gangbusters. So we had questions, <laughs> but you. you nailed it. You nailed our first quarter without even blinking. Right. Why don't we take a quick commercial and come back with some more with uh, Chris Bisson. Let's see if uh,
0: Calipari's on this commercial. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, three.
1: And we're back with Chris Bisson from Orleans, Ontario. And, uh, you know, he covered so much in that first segment. He pretty much answered. Uh, we have a, a sheet of notes that brought Creator, and he sent to, sent to me on Google. With Mike's help, I'll, I'll put that Google up. There. What? Google what? Yeah. Google Drive? Google
0: Drive. Why do you act like it's Dude, a fucking new thing? <laughs> Dude, My kids I, use Google Drive. <laughs> He's seven at school. I, I've got no Google what? And the fact that I had to ask you if you even use that, do you even know what that is? Like, My, can I
1: send this thing to you? We need to work on your technology. Well, we're, we're t- uh, one step at a time, right? I'm, right. I'm, from, okay. I'm from Lebanon. We don't have this kind of stuff over there, OK? <sighs> Google Drive, Google what? But you did answer a lot of our questions in our first segment. And uh, we have a couple more, I think. Uh, we, this could go on for hours. But mm-hmm. Mike, Mike had a question for you.
3: Yeah, so, so you, you,
2: we, we got up to your at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. How, how long were you there? Three years. Uh, ago, 2000 and s- yeah, 2007 was my like an, like I got there in the fall of oh seven, and I was there till spring of
1: two thousand and ten. So does that go f- like sort of freshman, sophomore, that yep. kind of style? Okay, yep.
2: and did you play to your till a senior? Um, I was actually so my freshman year they wanted to redshirt me, and they were thinking about getting rid of me. Um, I didn't know that that was a possibility. They actually Especially can do that if you're
0: that. not on a full scholarship. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Wait, wait a second! I'm to, to be off. here.
2: Yeah. They, oh, they, like I've got we've only got like you know. of a scholarship to give uh, next year's star athlete, right? Oh, let's get rid of this kid on 25% and we got a full ride, ride. little things like that. Yeah. So the politics of college baseball started playing, but, um, one of the, did that happen
0: when you were there to anybody else?
2: Yeah. Guys had to transfer out. That happens all the time and you don't really hear about that. It doesn't matter.
0: It doesn't matter how far along you are.
2: Yes, it does. Yeah. Some, some of that stuff does have to do with it. If guys are okay with transferring away. Because um, they're not getting playing time, for example, little yeah, things yeah. like that. So they'll try and sell it to you. So they, I, I almost transferred to Chipola, um, where Russell Martin um, went to. Uh, that Chipola, was Chipola, bro- not Chipotle. Yeah, Chipotle. I'm um, very, very hungry right now. I'm going to transfer to Chipotle
1: in about twenty minutes. Yeah,
2: but that was yeah, that was really close. And then one of the kids, um, yeah, just something happened with someone else. Um, and then I ended up staying on.
0: Was that and, your other option? Because earlier you talked about two you know, schools, Central Michigan. Central Michigan,
2: the Chippewas? Yep. Yes. Chippewas,
3: uh, Chipotle, it's all
2: coming. Uh, Central, it Michigan? Yeah. Central Michigan? Central oh, Michigan. I don't even remember the... But, but yeah, anyways, so. that, was, uh, th- that wasn't That was even an ask. That wasn't even an ask from them to come down. My dad was like, hey, on our way down to Kentucky, there's because uh, there, we don't know, if, like, you know, we're going to go and all that stuff, you know, money on all that stuff. So um, yes. my dad found out about this tournament on the way down south, to Central Michigan. He's like, hey, we can stop there. There's a tournament for kids that want to walk on. So At I was like, Central yeah, yeah, Central Michigan. So we took a full week off. We drove down to Michigan. I played in that tournament, and the coach right away was just kind of like, do you want a full ride? Like, it was like, it was crazy. And I didn't even play like that great. just got along so with the guys. So, you had, really had well. a
0: full ride offer from Central yep. Michigan, and then you had a partial from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. What made you go to Kentucky? I mean, clearly, Central Michigan is not that different from Ottawa in terms of weather. Mm-hmm. I guess for a lot of you say, well the hell, so that makes sense, but yeah. then
2: from a financial standpoint. Well to like, this will date me a little bit, and I know that's ma- like that's making yeah. a statement, but Facebook was like, that was like a thing in like 07. So like that just kind of gives you the idea of the maturity of the internet. So for me, I didn't really, like I still, we were still using floppy disks in high school. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like the internet was that far along. So doing research online on certain things, like subjects like this, I was, I wasn't really inclined to do that. Like, I just didn't really know what the heck was going on. All this scholarship NCAA stuff to me was like on another planet. So my dad was actually the one to do some research on Kentucky. And my dad was actually his favorite team growing up was the Kentucky Wildcat basketball team. That was literally how that happened. So we went down to Central Michigan, offered me a, a full ride, and then we went down to Kentucky, and then you see the campus. And you see, they, a little bit you different in than rub, Central Michigan. And they were actually playing the Florida Gators. And at, when I saw those guys run out of the tunnel, because it was like a little like uh, you're with the team. There were other kids that were there to visit the campus and whatnot, and the coaches, like, they'll make, bring you to like they'll Set you up in the box, you know what I mean. You right. watch the game there and whatnot. So we were on the field, and I saw the, the Gators come out, and I was like, "This is where I want to go" because those guys are, he- like, those guys look like grown men, like NFL-ready players. So I was ready to, like, you know, okay, this is going to be awesome because we get to play against Florida. That was my first initial reaction to that was, I get to play against, I get to go to Florida, I get to go to Georgia, I get to go to Alabama, LSU, all these programs. I was like, oh, I'm stoked. But that's that's literally like that was the. That was a thought process of like, I'm going to Kentucky, that was it.
3: So they so they ring you in with that, and then first year you're, you're starting, you're, how much playing time no, you No,
2: I got zero playing time. Our team was really good my freshman year. We were like, I think we got all the way up to like, ranked like seventh in the nation. So we were pretty good. And then, um, What position? Yeah. Uh, I played some left field, and then some second base and some shortstop. It was actually between me and another guy uh, to win shortstop my freshman year. And then um, he went out because he was a he was a junior that year, and I was just a freshman. Hey, he,
1: yeah. You took over in the infield for an, I think it was injury related, right? Somebody
2: got hurt, yeah, and Chris you said, McClendon, yeah, yeah. And then Chris you went, into, yeah. And it uh, was actually against Florida. Go figure. That's how I actually. And um, my old coach uh, Gary Henderson, he said, "You better go in with a lot of confidence." Because and I'll never I'll never forget. There's a lot of one-liners that I'll never forget from coaches, but this one he's like, because it'll find the game will find you. <laughs> the first play, the first play I get into the game, I don't even remember. Like might have been like, I want to say it was Micah Gibbs or something like that. A guy, big leaker, literally ripped. A, like, a, a la- like a laser Like off a hundred miles Because aluminum bats right He crushed right. it And it right off my knee Like literally bounced Went off my knee And went into the stance That was my first play As Holy a Kentucky god. Wildcat And <laughs> I looked right at my bench And I was just kind of like Oh my god yeah, two, two innings later I got pulled for another guy <laughs> what, what does it look like Or feel like to not play For like a season Yeah, especially for like... No, no, (laughs) seriously. And that's that's, a good point because, you know, a lot of football players go through that, right? They'll go through a lot of redshirt seasons and they literally just have to sit there and watch. If they're not a good enough talent to play, then they'll redshirt the entire year and then all they'll do the whole year is eat, work out, and sleep.
3: And and (laughs) And baseball is so much
2: about timing and seeing guys and recognizing Mm -hmm. pitches. Yeah, Yeah, so you better have good facilities or else you're just kind of literally sitting on your butt waiting for practice and BP, yeah. Yeah.
0: Let me ask you about... um, I guess confidence, more than anything else. So, like, I was recruited by Kentucky, uh, some larger schools, but I, I didn't go to Florida. So, as much as I talk shit about Florida, just so you know, I didn't go to Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I ended up at Colgate. Uh, but confidence issue for me, like being a Canadian and not really being exposed to a lot of that stuff, um, and not having a chance. Like, you didn't play against Americans and stuff before going down to Kentucky, right? So for me that was a huge hurdle because the americans always seem to be like and like you said you went down there and watched the game against florida and these guys
2: are men and mm-hmm, there's whatever
0: mm-hmm. there's gotta be a level of like what the fuck am i doing oh, like, yeah. i don't
2: belong here imposter syndrome how did you get over that oh yeah huge imposter syndrome like, am i supposed to be here how does this happen yeah and it let i literally that hurdle i jumped uh my sophomore year it was the same guy gary henderson literally we're all sitting down in the locker room and we were still in preseason because. Um, for, for any baseball listeners listening out there, <laughs> uh, fall ball is a nightmare. It's like army stuff, right? Like anything, everything that has to do with the fall is a nightmare. Same thing with football in the summer, right? It's like crazy lead-ups to what you're trying to do. So workouts and whatnot. And I still didn't feel like I belonged. And then my sophomore year, I really like, okay, I know what I have to do now because you, you see these seniors, you know, ripped to shreds and huge guys and all your food's paid for and like all that stuff. I right? get nutritionists and all that stuff and cooks. So I knew what I had to do for my sophomore year. And then um, it, I don't, it, it was almost like a test. But my coach literally, just—we were in, the whole team, every, all positions were filled out except for second base. And it was me and three other guys that were fighting for that position. And up to that point, I had been p- playing really good in preseason. And he, in front of the entire team, he literally just looked at everyone and just said, Chris, when the hell are you gonna win that spot? Like, when are you gonna take it? Do you want it? That's in front of everyone. I couldn't, like I didn't say anything, right? Cause he wasn't, it was rhetorical. It wasn't, he wasn't looking right. for an answer. But that's when I finally realized like, oh, like he wants me to, This is, my this is I'm not an imposter. I, I do belong here. He sees something that maybe I don't see. And he's seen a lot of kids come through the program, right? So it's weird when you look at that evolution of high school players all the way through college, you see that progression happen pretty quick. So as a coach, sometimes you can see that little piece of talent that you want on your team that might not be there because the kid's not confident enough. So that guy has a master's in psychology, by the way. So he knew how to like the mind. Nin- yeah, he knew how to yeah. mind ninja people. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: that's you know, if that would have been completely different if coaches handled it like that with. Me personally, yeah. I know that you know because but football you got a hundred guys It's easy to fall under and it's like, oh, yeah, you know, if you don't step in right away They have those expectations that you're gonna be that guy then They don't even care what's happening in your other life.
2: Yeah, and uh, sometimes and, people watch these guys like, are dead. Sometimes people watch sports, right and they're like man like you watch like um, um, Like some of these guys playing like in the MLB playoffs right now and it's just kind of like you look at Soto, right? And every time he takes a pitch, he's like, you know, doing all these crazy maneuvers and staring down the pitcher and stuff like that. And I think sometimes it's lost on, I don't want to say, I feel bad saying this, but general public sometimes that ha- maybe haven't been in that situation like that. You do have a, to have a chip on your shoulder when you're in a position like that. There needs to be an inch of that. And coaches love seeing that. Although they might tell the press they don't like seeing that, you want a warrior on your team, right? So it's a little piece of that mm-hmm. where like pro athletes, sometimes they get a little bit like, you know, maybe a little bit too high on themselves it's a part it's it's literally a part of that culture where you have to have that confidence to perform sometimes i think
3: that's the key word especially with baseball because baseball all comes down to i think i can hit the ball i think i'm better than him i you know what i mean mm-hmm. whereas if if your self-defeat is the attitude and you're 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 thinking ah you know i this guy owns me walking up to the plate with that attitude like you're, you're just gonna get beat yeah well, it's almost get, it's oh, yeah. the
0: arrogance to and that is psyching yourself up almost you know, like but it, you have to get yourself up to say, "I can do this." Like and, you said, and,
3: and wanting the ball, like please hit it to me because because I want the ball more than my left fielder. If I'm playing center. You know, like like hit it to me. I want to yeah. make the play. Mm-hmm. I want to be the guy. Yeah, it, it's it, because as soon as you're saying, "Oh, I, I hope he hits it to my left fielder," when you're yeah. playing center, then you're not. It's it's that that glimpse of weakness that that sports thrives on like and one of the
2: one of the funny things that we often talked about is or i mean oftentimes what coaches would say especially in college i started realizing this how much confidence played a factor into how you play because it is like a lot of people will say like when you're confident in baseball you swing differently you play differently for for somebody that needs an example a great example of this it's october what day is it october October 10th. 10th for those listening if you want a perfect example of this go back to october 9th Watch the highlights of the Nationals versus the Dodgers game. Watch that game, and in the I think it's in the second, it's in the second inning. uh, Kike Hernandez, who I played against, he's like prone to this stuff. This is a perfect example. Makes a diving play out in left field. Next at bat, what happens? Crushes one left center. It's a perfect example of confidence. Every time somebody makes a great play. It's incredible what the stats look like after those guys go up to the next plateau. Tampa <laughs> Bay, the,
3: uh, Adamus, uh, the shortstop. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reno is the middle guy in that relay. W- yeah, sorry,
2: Adamus? yeah uh, he's the middle guy in that relay. Makes the guns a guy out at home, comes up, hits a home run. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's incredible what confidence can do in baseball specifically. Like it is very an individual sport in a team game, right? It's very much not a necessarily, on defense, a little bit of cohesion, but for the most part, <laughs> it's pretty crazy what can happen. But, anyways, yeah, confidence wise, my sophomore year, <laughs> going back to that, sorry, didn't want to go too far down the rabbit hole no, no. but yeah confidence it was yeah really sophomore year and it's funny those things that can spark it right sometimes it's other people that can walk up to you and give you a little pat on the back or like be like hey you know what you're not a bad player little things like that can yeah. add up right for players so
1: not a bad yeah. player right eh? second team all sec uh, at second base in uh 09, '10. Mm-hmm. 10. Yeah, I don't, I don't think then. that's well, it. but whatever. It works uh, actually. Works. If you think about so it, so that's, that's <laughs> yeah, more that's more than defense. That's more than than uh, you know, ricocheting off your knee into mm-hmm. the stands. So you clearly you had a bat. Yep. Um, what was your forte? What was you? Can you hit all, all fields? Six hole. Can you? six hole? Okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: For those who don't know what the six hole is, so their positions on the field. When you look at a lineup, if you look at a liner a lineup card um, from like let's say usually they'll post those up on you know Twitter for like the Blue Jays, right? So positions one through nine will be filled out on the field. So the six is the shortstop. The five is the uh, third baseman. So the six hole is the spot right between the third baseman and the shortstop. So the reason I say that that's what I got really good at, I wasn't a power guy, never have been, never will be. My job was to literally keep the ball either on the ground or hit a laser. Right? And my you were, jet, if I hit a fly ball, I was out. That were, was just my world. Right? You were lefty,
3: yep. eh, batting-wise, yep. so uh, that's opposite? like.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. going opposite field, straight up between second bas- uh, shortstop and third base. Like, that's where I lived. That was my bread and butter to get on base. And it also allows you a little bit more time to get down to first base, right? We were talking about that sub-four. Sure. So, like, you know, if you want to start talking, like, data and analysis of, like, stealing a base and how long it should take a pitcher to throw home and how long it takes a catcher for a pop time to throw to second base i would get all those numbers down like pat because i would know exactly how much time it would take for me to steal a base i knew how much time it would take for me to hit a ball in the six hole if the shortstop got to it all the way out there what my chances would be to get to first i mean i could go on and on but i love baseball yeah it's it's a game of numbers like it really is right you look at all the stuff that's happening now in the playoffs guys get judged on spin rate for the fastball and what that league averages and stuff like that it's just like baseball that's that's just
1: like so analytical, so mm-hmm. analytical. Thanks like velocity, People have an entree. Uh, we're all we're all holding our mics. <laughs> like everyone wants to ask a question. I feel like I'm. Uh, I feel like I'm a moderator at one of those political debates. Who's next? Uh, we got the conservatives. Go ahead. You want? Do you have a question for him?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I just not that we support conservatives here. We're <laughs> liberal, green, political, <laughs> any
1: green. Yeah, Max Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so so
3: we've we followed you through to, to you U of K yep uh, you're there now you're starting uh, what is the jump and what's the process for that to uh, getting drafted yeah
2: yeah. That's what a, point did you yeah, yeah
0: did you start to under, to think you know what I can actually go on
2: from this I'm really happy I'm not like stumbling on any of these questions like oh yeah I've got an answer for that um, <laughs> I've never really thought about these either um, the, t- the, the first time it really started to sink in was so in baseball, there's, a, there's actually a movie about it And I forget what the name Summer Fever or something Or Fever Pitch or I don't know exactly Fever what it is Fever Pitch is a movie No, yeah, there, yeah. there is, a, that, that is That is a movie But there is one specifically About the Cape Cod League yeah, yeah. Cape Cod Fod Fever Pitch? No, it was no. Uh, Summer Catch Summer Catch Anyways, yeah, they all saw it's the a Horrible same. movie But there's it's, baseball It's Summer, Prince Junior Yeah yeah. So um, <laughs> it, so literally, so my it was my sophomore year. I think I was hitting close to like 400 um, in, in, in conference. So I was playing really, really well. And um, I get a letter in the mail asking me if I wanted to go to Cape Cod that summer. And I had heard about the Cape Cod at this point because my freshman year, some of the older guys on the team that were really good, that were going to get drafted, went to this prestigious, and I'm doing air quotes right now for those listening, this prestigious league mm. and i was i was super excited i'm like oh my god the katua Kettleers! like this is a huge like cape cod program and for those like who don't really know or don't want to watch the movie or anything the cape cod league these it's basically like it's basically a summer all-star league so you play your season from february to like june-ish And then immediately after the season's over, when you're done playing for your school, you run, you basically hop on a plane and then you go to a summer league. And that's how you stay fresh for the summer. Every college baseball player usually tries to get into a summer league. So you get to play for the rest of the summer because there's no, there's no school going on during the summer, right? For, especially for baseball players. Right. Um, so you go play baseball for the summer. So I go out to, uh, to Cape Cod, set a record for stolen bases that year, um, which nobody's broken yet, which I'm really happy about. Hey. <laughs> yeah. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Chris Bisson. <Biesel. laughs> oh, the air horn. We don't pull that out very often. <laughs> I needed to get some of that uh, soundboard on here. Woo! Um, and then it was literally, that's, that's <laughs> literally how it happened is that that was the moment where I was just kind of like, oh my God, then I, out of nowhere, we were like maybe halfway through the season, three quarters of the way through the season, And I was stealing bases like it was a stupid rate. I ended up 42 games. I had 36 stolen bases That's like no one has ever done that in Cape Cod because like the catchers in the Cape Cod all the players in the Cape Cod League are like ridiculously good But uh, so anyways, I was really excited some agents approached me and they were from Toronto and I had I, I didn't that didn't even cross my mind like am I actually good enough to get drafted? I didn't know right like I was still a slap hitting left-handed second baseman like who wants that you look at the MLB now like the second basemans are like Max Muncie. like we're expecting you to hit like eight home runs right that's the Howie Kendrick right little things yeah, like that yeah, yeah. so I wasn't thinking I was gonna go anywhere at that point and then um yeah two agents approached me it was Graham and Pat and they literally just like hey can we represent you in next year's draft and I'm like oh my god it's happening <laughs> like, <laughs> and uh yeah that was the moment I went Am back. I Freddie
0: Prince Jr. Is yeah there? is this happening
2: <laughs> and um yeah and then uh ju- the junior year happened and then uh I almost didn't get drafted that, due to an injury I got hit in the face with so the just fastball to confirm- but yeah. Oh no, hold on yeah
0: <laughs> Finished the hit in the face of the fastball yeah You got hit in the face of the basketball?
2: Yeah, we're at San Diego. It's a preseason game for my junior year. So, okay, go through the Cape Cod year. I'm really excited. Oh, my God, I've got agents, right? Or, sorry... I have to specify. Oh, well, right. That's what yeah. I wanted to no, no, find no. out. Yeah, okay. So I do have to specify that here. Yeah. They, were ask, they asked me, can we represent you next year for the draft once you declare yourself eligible? Because I know that was going to be one of your questions. So I didn't necessarily have agents. I knew who I was going to sign with at that time because they're not allowed to speak on your behalf to MLB teams prior to that. So that draft was going to happen next year in June. And I knew for a fact that these are Toronto guys. I'm just going to sign with them. They have to approach themselves at some point, right? To sell themselves to you or whatever. So yeah. during the Cape Cod League, all these agents come out of like the woodwork. Like, oh, they can speak to you directly though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I think there's rules of that with football. You can't, things have changed since. Okay. But at that time it was just like somebody just walking up to you and just saying like, Hey, um, just okay. by the way, if you're interested next year, we, our services are available to you. If you would like for a representation in the draft. So reach out to us when you've made that declaration at the end of the season, Declare yourself eligible for the first-year player draft, and then from there, it's basically like you give them a call and just be like, "Is it cool if you guys represent me for this?" And they're like, "Okay, cool." And that's basically the conversation that happens.
0: I'll take the keys to the car
3: now.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so uh, uh, a guy
3: puts up numbers like that at Cape Cod too. You gotta. I'm taking my shot, right? Yeah. <laughs> go talk to this
2: guy. Yeah. So, anyways, that ended up happening. So, um, go back to normal life. rest Play the rest of the season at Cape Cod. Um, and that's one of the things that's strange about that whole process is you're just basically now back in the dark right people approach you during the summer and then after that it's just kind of like okay just a like, quiet period yeah because like you still haven't played your junior year so nobody right. like who, who knows i might just completely bomb the year and like no one cares after that right because then i had a bunch of agents come at me a- a- after that little while right so um that's kind of the process so anyways it was a preseason season tournament and like we were talking about kentucky having terrible weather right we go down to san diego to play a tournament and um I got hit in the face like a 95-mile-per-hour two-seam fastball. Get, get, okay, for baseball listeners, guy start, left-handed pitcher. I'm left-handed. Guy starts me off with two curveballs. Okay, whatever. And then next pitch, boom, right in the face. I didn't even flinch because, like, I hadn't seen his fastball yet, right? So it hits me in the face. I go to San Diego Hospital and they kind of clean me up. I broke my whole face. My entire face was like yeah. For those messed. who can't
0: see, his face is messed yeah, up. Bad. Right now, nose <laughs> sideways and
2: <laughs> no. But I did really good. Guys laugh at me all the time because they're like, "You got plastic surgery in California? <laughs> yeah, you look normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah, no. My I was,
0: face is fucked. My tits are huge. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I was. I, I looked. I looked really bad. I looked huge. Uh, my face was completely swollen and the whole thing. So and
1: orbital bone <sighs> broken.
2: Yeah, diarrhea. cheekbones. Like you can kind of tell. Like I'm. I've got a little ridge right here, but obviously for people listening, it's going to be hard to tell, but yeah. I've got, I've got a kind of a, a little normal. bit, yeah, yeah pretty you normal you for, tell if you for what up, happened. Yeah. And um, I was out for two weeks, concussion protocol, the whole thing. Yeah, I, I was like, got I gotta get drafted. I gotta get drafted. I was like, I gotta get drafted and uh, ended up coming back and uh long story short we'll talk about getting drafted or whatever afterwards but um ended up having brain swelling and having to sit out for six months as a vegetable in arizona rookie yeah anyways (laughs) we go on. yeah that's a long long story but yeah no but that's kind of the whole process of getting drafted was really interesting my junior year i didn't play as well as my sophomore year but i batted third and cleanup in college and i was hitting no home runs so like you never see that right but i was just good at getting the bat on the ball but uh yeah then the draft comes through and that's kind of like all history and of all teams the furthest team away from me San Diego. So that was pretty funny But where
0: you got hit in the face with the fastball.
2: Yeah, no, everything is very serendipitous in the story It sounds eh? like
1: it yeah. <laughs> we, We're gonna before we take a quick break I, a couple of like quick fire questions. Let's before do it. We yeah, take I'll try not break. to talk too much I know no, no, I do want no. to <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to nail these up because yeah. Brock came up with these last two questions and I'm curious actually Let's do it. Um, Who are some of the best players you've ever played with or against in the SEC in the SEC? Um, Drew Pomerantz, uh James Paxton, who's big pitching. lefty. Two yeah. lefties. Two lefties. Yeah, hey, the big Maple. You yeah. were James. you were there when Paxton was there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The big Maple. I love that yeah. kid. He's pitching well for the Yanks. Yeah.
2: Great. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully he yeah. goes further. And uh oh my God, I keep going on and on. I'm just thinking, trying to think about all the names that kind of ended up going through. David Price was like right before I left, uh, or, yeah. or right before I got there. At Paxton D. was where again? Kentucky mm-hmm. he was at Kentucky yeah. yeah okay yeah we played together he was Price the was big Canadian.
1: and who yeah. was uh Pomerantz where? Pom- Drew Pomerantz yeah all lefties yeah wow
2: yeah Drew Smiley another lefty uh, another lefty yeah SEC's was huh oh, yeah. tell me about it as those, a left-handed those are those are
1: good lefties yeah that yeah. yeah. big smiley was uh wasn't he wasn't he part of the he was part of a big deal wasn't he not
2: uh, I don't know he yeah was, probably he was yeah. Yeah. with
1: um I don't even he know where was, he is. You know now. what? He was part of that Tampa trade that brought David Price to Detroit. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yep. they, they swapped him for, for then, and obviously Price came to the pool. Yeah. For that. Um, it's like
0: Rain Man every once in a while. Eh? Just, mm, you know what? on the out. podcast, that's folks. Right.
1: A little bit of a freak when it comes to that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, but is Bohannon yeah. related to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I need to know that. Brian Bohannon was a... you know. He a, said no. Yeah, like, Brian. Yeah, he said no. Which school or team... Did you have a, a hate on when you played at UK? Every single other SEC school. Okay, Brock, did no, you hear that, a, Brock? Got oh, a, I heard I've
0: it. Got a, I that was a lead-in I've question. I've got a
1: funny story.
2: I don't know if I'm to be able to pay, pull this up on, on YouTube here in a second. but So every single week we would, sorry, every single week, every season, you'd put all the teams on, like every team does this a different way, right? Most football programs, baseball programs, basketball programs, you'll have a schedule out on like a wall. We're playing Missouri this week. We're playing Alabama this week, and all on and on. And every single year, in big bold, you would know when you were playing. Ten- the Tennessee. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Vols. Fuck, I hate Tennessee. And, um, Most people do. Nice end zones, um, but Yeah. Okay, for, I get, I'll, I'll, maybe we could pull this up and maybe this will be the, the song we'll pull up when we come out, but um, every single week we would play Tennessee, we would know. So you play your whole weekend against, for example, I'll use an example. We would play LSU, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And on Sunday, you'd fly back to your school. So for me, obviously you would fly back to Lexington, Kentucky. And as soon as you got to the school, you would take all the equipment off the bus and help the athletic therapists with all the stuff in the clinic and whatnot. And you'd walk back, for us, we would walk back through the football and baseball, cause we all worked out in one gym. Um, we would go through that gym and you'd pick up a couple Gatorade shakes and like whatever snacks you needed, right? Cause it was late usually when you got back. And every single time we would play Tennessee, our coach would walk in and on the big speaker, because all these gyms have massive speaker systems, right? He would put put on Rocky Top Tennessee on full blast and it would not turn off until the last game of the series against Tennessee. So the entire week when you walked into the strength room and you had because you worked out throughout the week the week, right? Just right. to kind of maintain and whatnot, Rocky Top Tennessee would be playing on repeat 24-7 all the way up until the last game was over and the last pitch was thrown swear to God and it's ingrained it it's in my brain forever now I'll never ever forget it my wife loves to joke around and put it on once in a while and I'm like stop
1: take it turn it off I can't take it anymore so yeah That's a, i hate Tennessee yeah, yeah. <laughs> Peyton Manning I do too you know Peyton Manning uh, the player aside I absolutely despise Tennessee and I don't know why it's the orange. You don't like yeah, the orange it's the Orange and white. and I don't know. I don't know. I just, I never liked Tennessee. I There's, never liked Texas.
0: One time I cheered for Tennessee and that was when they were playing Florida State in the national championship mm-hmm. and it was Manning and Peerless Price. Peerless Price. Wow. And, wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Watching that game because I can't stand Florida State, obviously, more than anything. But, wow. Um, oh, yeah. All right. Before we go to break, mm-hmm. Florida plays LSU at Death Valley this weekend. Who are you going for? Florida.
1: Nice. Good answer. All
0: right. We're back. We are uh, still sitting around the table at the RA Center. We're going to get into some of the draft stuff now. Uh, But before, because you were just having a little bit of a conversation offline, you were talking about rankings and how to get in those tournaments. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you, as much as you hate all the other SEC teams, until you played that SEC team even if you did play that SEC team wouldn't you be cheering for them because you knew you were playing them every year so the better that you wanted like when I look at the rankings now and I'm looking at football uh, yeah I want Georgia to keep winning I want LSU to keep winning because Florida hasn't played them yet Mm -hmm. so I want them to beat them at a higher ranking to make us look better yeah and then then once you beat them I want them to keep winning so you want
3: them because especially with the oh, you got your oh, hand up Mike now. Has
0: a, <laughs> <We're in> a <laughs> formal thing. Has a
1: question. Well, well,
3: can I say what I know he's gonna, what I think he's gonna say? What's he gonna say? Is that you don't have to cheer for the Yankees. They're the Yankees. You know they're gonna win their games, mm-hmm. and they're gonna. So you know these other SEC teams, but they're that stacked. They're gonna win their games.
2: What's interesting about that is it's 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 a twofold thing. You want the, you want to beat them every year, but there's also this feel of like let's use the Yankees for example, right? A lot of people listening are gonna be Jays fans when the Yankees play really well, during the season when you're playing against them, you're kind of like, like I wanna beat them. But then afterwards, you're just kind of like, AL East, AL East is such good baseball, right? Boston, New York, go down the list, right? Look, the Rays are in the playoffs right now. All all the teams in the AL East are really hard, so like, you know, if you, for the Jays, that's a a tough sled, you play them more than anybody else, right? The SEC had the same feel, is you want, you would want to beat them during the week, but then as soon as they would play out of conference games, you'd want them to just annihilate everyone. Because so it shows how good you are. Exactly, right? yeah. Oh my God, these people are like, you're playing in the AL hmm. East, right? So like, oh my God, like the Jays are in the, they have to play the Yankees now, and they have to play Boston now, and they're such good teams, and it's such good baseball. It, there's kind of that feeling. The SEC does a really good job at marketing itself as a, as, as a conference. That's one of the things that's really popular, is like, S, you, I, see that, I see that commercial all
1: the time, the SEC. Like yeah. the, the, you know what I mean? So you they do what? a really we, good job of that. We have talked about the SEC a lot. And for mm-hmm. our listeners who maybe aren't aware don't follow NCAA anything, who are the teams in the SEC? Can you, uh, oh how, m- how many are there? There's 11, a, 12 now? And can we see can we, Louisiana East. West? Missouri just got added. Missouri? Missouri just hope got added. Ago. Texas
2: A&M just got added. Hope hope um, and then there's the standard, your classic, Florida, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Tennessee. Powerhouses. Yeah, Tennessee. Those are five
1: powerhouses right there. Um, Kentucky. Kentucky. Whoops. Six. Vanderbilt. Yeah. Vandy.
2: Texas AM. Missouri. That's eight. Auburn. Auburn. Whoops. Auburn That's Tigers. Eight. Bo Jackson. If anybody knows, Frank Thomas. Wow. That is a. That, yeah, Frank. And Charles Barkley. A big hurts. That's, Charles Barkley. That was a
0: great 30 for 30. I think it's on there. Yeah. Bo Jackson, Charles Barkley, and Frank Thomas yeah. all in Auburn at the same time. Yeah. They got
1: posters Killer. of all those guys on the, on that, the is a, yeah. that is a powerhouse conference. Florida and beat them last week. Anyway. Whatever. Back in the day when I grew up, the powerhouse conference in basketball was the Big East. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You went to the Big East, you had to deal with Ronnie Cyclie, Patrick Ewing, Ed Pinckney, and, and the guys at Villanova and then St. John's. You know, you had Chris Mullen. So, like, when you have more competition in these conferences, like Brock said, like Arkansas, Ole Miss, oh we're missing my, a few that's, of them. He, That's That's the SEC still Mississippi State. Mississippi State. I forgot that. So when you play in a powerhouse conference, no matter what sport, and you win in that powerhouse conference, you know that elevates a big deal. It elevates you absolutely.
2: Yeah, that's a huge factor for a lot of those four-star athletes, right? Mm -hmm. Because those guys will go to a program that's not necessarily known. So you've got your, for example, baseball is a perfect example. Is that you got South Carolina? That's the one we forgot. Right game. Um, Yeah, but that'd be a thing where like guys would come play to Kentucky to be the ace on the team because they knew that they were going to pitch Friday night in front of all the scouts, right, against ace pitcher for Vanderbilt. So imagine if you're, if you're at home listening, picture yourself pitching against David Price. Well, that's the reason you're going to go to Ole Miss is because you want to be the other guy that's yeah. being, you know what I mean? And if you have a great game, you're immediately on the radar for those scouts, right? So it's one of those things that, that kind of starts to play in a there. Fe- but,
1: Chris, you're feeding yeah. us pearls, man. There and I go. got to tell you why you're feeding us <laughs> pearls. Cause we have a lot of parent listeners who, whose kids play like, either minor league hockey or minor league baseball or football mm-hmm. and have these aspirations for their kids. Well, listen, If you're listening and your kid has an opportunity to go to a big school versus a small school versus a whatever school, you're getting the goods here tonight at the RA Center, my friends.
2: Yeah, I mean, it it was a pretty big that was that was the decision that was part of the decision making that my dad helped me with. Do you want to go to Kentucky and maybe have a chance at making the starting lineup and you get to go play and go to visit all these places as an experience? Not necessarily getting drafted at that point in time was like, well, what are the odds that I get drafted? Right, because I was still a Kentucky or uh, an Orleans kid that didn't cross my mind. And then, um, yeah, that was kind of the decision process to go to Kentucky. was like, wow, I'm going to get to go do all these things and visit all these cool places. And not that Central Michigan isn't a good school, it is,
1: but that was part of the decision-making.
2: Yeah, yeah well, yeah, where, <laughs>
1: where were you when you when you found out that the Padres drafted you? In Toronto.
2: Um, I was in Toronto. Um, I Right after the season was over, I contacted... Um, the uh, the the representatives that we had just talked about so I kind of went through my list as to like uh, who do I want to represent me etc and it came down to two firms and the guys in Toronto were like you know it's Canadian, Canadian blood so I was like oh, I'll keep myself Canadian so I reached out to them and I said hey if you guys are still interested would you guys like to represent me and uh, they said yes and then uh, they uh, kind of we drove down my parents and I and all that stuff we went down to Toronto and we all watched the draft together and yeah, the draft is crazy like for any sport every time you watch a draft doesn't matter what NFL NBA Whatever for baseball. It's different because there's so many like we talked about like there's how, how many how rounds many, are there? 400 there's usually around 50 drafts, 50? and then each team has the choice you each team will draft at least 30 35 rounds and then after that it's a fall off most teams will keep doing it But then if you look if you look at like the end rounds, they don't always want to like, you know pick a guy or whatever so, um for me, it was, I was supposed to, it was between me and Delano DeShields Jr. Who's the center fielder right now for the Texas Rangers, Rangers yeah. yeah. So it was between me and him to go to the Astros. And the Astros had reached out and they were like, hey, you, like, are you interested in coming to, um, to Houston? I was like, yeah, we're watching a game with Houston right now. So I went down and did a, uh, a, a, a like a preseason, uh, sorry, a pre-draft workout is what they call them. So I worked out for the, uh, Milwaukee Brewers and then I flew down to Houston. I did a draft or a pre-draft workout for them. And then I flew up to, uh, Toronto and I got the hit against Aaron Sanchez for a little while. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. You Nasty. Three slider. In. Stupid. Nasty slider, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Three was, pitches in, had it, a went, blister. Had yeah.
2: <laughs> 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 and, uh, um, <laughs> Funny story what so I like I had done like a, a couple like sweet bare plays like literally like right there Craig Biggio was hitting like <laughs> Like ground balls and whatnot uh, in and, Houston in Houston. Yeah, yeah. and um, I was like everything was going Craig really B-Gio. well. Yeah and Pops. Um, Pops yeah. yeah, and then um, Yeah, it just so happened that I was like, okay I was doing really well and whatnot and what does Delino do hit crushes two balls like off the top of the train in Houston just smashes two homers he's not even known for his home run like he's not, he's not even known for power right guy just shows out at the draft and then after that like I was I had a feeling that I wasn't going to go in the second round and then I dropped to the uh because you're on different radars for different teams for right. different reasons right some guys wanted stuff so the reason I was on their radars for speed because Delano the center fielder is really fast yeah. so that's one of the reasons I was on their radar the next team that needed speed was the San Diego Padres and that's when it ended up happening in Toronto Is so I was we were like oh my God I was shaking so much and that and life is all about managing expectations and distractions that's just the name of the game in life right and I, my, my expectations were managed like I was like kind of level-headed but when somebody tells you hey you might go in the second round You're expecting, no matter what, you're kind of like, am I gonna go in the second round? And when it doesn't happen, you're kind of like, ugh. And then you follow the fourth and you're like, oh my God. So then you finally go and it's like, it's exciting. And then after that, it's just a bunch of like, what happens now, what do I do? And then people start contacting you and stuff, saying congrats and whatnot, so yeah.
1: Delano DeShields Jr.'s career, has been up to now, I'd mm-hmm. say mediocre Yeah, I'd say mediocre, mm-hmm. uh, under, underachieved. Yeah. They expected a little bit more from him. Mm-hmm. They, in fact, they banked on him, and they dealt, dealt away a couple of guys in their field. Yeah. Um,
0: apparently, they thought he was going to hit home runs.
1: Yeah, apparently. apparently they thought he was going to ho- hit yeah, the train no. every time, yeah. <laughs> Speed and power. Speed and, then he and got, power. Well,
2: well, well, for people who want to do a little bit of research on him, there's some stuff that happened with him that caused him for, like, caused for, like, the whole turnover, go to Texas and all that stuff. and. That was, you know, that's part of it. That's one of the things I also did for the Blue Jays was we had a running rate of, for people listening out there, especially like you talked about coaches and and, uh, major league teams, you better believe we're following social media accounts. Is that right, eh? Oh, you bet. Yeah, pre-draft? To these kids and all that stuff, just to make sure, sure what yeah. you're Sure, you, why not? Absolutely, yeah. The character is a big deal, right? When you're drafting a guy, so that was part of it. Where we just like just going through feeds and finding out. Like you think about like all that crazy stuff that goes on in like corporations and whatnot. And people tell you like watch out what you put on your Facebook. That's a real deal. That's a real thing. Yeah.
1: How crazy was that Blue Jays Texas Rangers inning in 2015 when they were oh, playing nuts. It, it, as, nuts? As a base, as a as a professional baseball player being drafted. You were
0: gone to the washroom. He
2: worked
1: for the Jays in 2015. I, so I was, I, he was how, working yeah. for the Jays was at that, that point. Was that not the most insane? Was, as as, nine a, st- as st- a staff,
2: yeah, as a staff, it was insane. But we also knew what was coming down the pipe, which we were talking about earlier, which I right. can't talk too much about. But... Um, we also knew it was going to happen at the... Soren yeah, secrets. But yeah, we kind of knew what was going I on. Don't
1: wanna I don't want to know. All I remember is that home run and me going fucking berserk.
2: Yeah. Oh, I went nuts too. I was so excited, right? Being a Jays fan growing up all my life. I was a Jays and Yankees fan. So just to watch that finally happen in my lifetime was like, oh, finally. My what a payoff. was off. three and I scared the shit out <laughs> of him. We were watching it at <laughs> dinner time. I'm like, TV. finally
0: sit down and the TV's behind. And then Batista hit that home run and I slammed my hand down <laughs> on the table so hard and got up and screamed that he started crying <laughs>
1: That's how it goes. You know what's funny? <laughs> anyway, you know what's funny is that the the Jays made it almost equally as far in 2016, but we don't really talk about it. No, like Encarnacion hit that different. home run against. Uh, I I can't remember the pitcher's name. ALDS the that year, yeah. The ALDS. He hit a home run off. Uh, name, slips my mind. Up from the Orioles. Yeah. To win in the, I think it was a wild card game. It was. That in, was yeah, a wild was card game. I know. Yeah. Who, I know who it wasn't. The the pitcher they didn't bring the, in. Yeah, the lefty, uh, Zach Britton. Yeah. Britton. Yeah. yeah. So they ended. They bring the starter in, anyways. But that so year, exciting. they made it just as far, but mm-hmm. but there was just not the, fan there was the pending loom.
2: There was the pending loom because there's a rule in baseball that allows you to control players for a certain amount of time, right? So it's like the five plus, and then after that, guys go into arbitration, like you heard a lot about with uh, Donaldson because he was an older guy to come through sure. finally, right? And then you had your Marcus Stroman and all these different guys that have to go through arbitration, Sanchez and, and Stroman and all these guys. So control, like I'm doing air quotes again, control is a huge deal in pro baseball. Yeah. For how long you can control a guy Because when they have to go through arbitration it's, it's one of two things A player can say in their fourth Well, fourth and a half Depending on how much time that they've served They can say, okay I'm worth this much And the team is allowed to literally go to court against you and say no you're worth this much and you would think that it would be a resolution process where for example when stroman had to go through the whole thing or when donaldson he had just won the mvp and he had to go to arbitration there's this super awkward feeling yeah. of what are we pay? like as a blue jays like he just won mvp are we gonna and, pay him the and, whole amount are we just gonna he says he's worth this much do we actually think that and you literally have to go to court and yes. it's in court yes. it's court with a judge and they literally have to like present things about you that are terrible right. to yeah, say you are not worth this the much. Right. It's so the most so he's finding thing. these
3: comparables who are great players and you're yep. finding these comparables who are shitty. Like, no, he had one great year. Yeah, like, exactly. Arbitration and it's cases are,
1: are more popular in baseball and hockey, I think is the other sport, right? Yep. You don't hockey see a lot of arbitration you, in football or no. basketball. And, and, and oh. you,
3: you, you watch the frustration with, with, with fans because These teams have these great prospects who are lighting it up, but they don't want to bring them up because, again, it's all about control. Control. And they're like, "No, we do this. We bring them up now. We burn a year. Yeah, we're going to keep them down there." And so that's what drives the whole thing. And then
2: these are things you learn as you go through pro baseball. This is what happened to me after I got drafted: is the politics of sports. That's you don't really see that in college too much, right? But then you 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 become a professional. It's kind of like attending the workforce for the first time when you're out of college. It's like, oh. You're like, this is works. this is I'm going to live in Outlook, right? This is my inbox this is my life now. Like, you know, there's all these little things that you have to start doing. Brock, you got to uh...
0: Oh, sorry. That was the intro wow. that we, I'm just going to introduce our new baseball analyst. Yeah, our, no, our our baseball yeah. Shows hey, bring me is, on. That's we right I'm, here because yeah. this is ridiculous. Like, you
1: know, I got to tell you, we, Brock comes up with a game plan. I review the game plan. We look at it, we say, yeah, those questions are great. He's going to be great at this. But until you actually sit down, you never know what to expect, mm-hmm. right? We're going to need another show because I have a lot of pro questions. I want to yeah, ask you, let's do like it. stuff about baseball that I, I'm curious about that. Don't I- ask me anything
2: about and if like I'll watch like I watch football like I'll watch the NFL. I watch hockey, but like I was listening to you guys on the last podcast. It doesn't really get interesting until it's like later in the season. Right, when you think chips are really starting to fall. Right, yeah. you guys are really actually starting to take positions. But baseball, yeah, baseball. Now, we all day got, I followed. I feel I,
1: like we, we we've nailed the baseball side with uh, with Chris and with Mike. I think uh, and Andrew here being. I think we're good. But I've got so many other pro Definitely. questions. But we have we do want to we do want to mm-hmm. talk about you and your career. And there's uh, there's still more that we want to f- want to find out about you. Sure.
0: Well, hey, I'm gonna point out that when you got drafted in 2010,
1: oh, the list again, the list, fourth
0: round. Oh yeah, out I've of got some, I've got some, all the names right rounds, here. If you want and just quickly going through like notable. Delino went up going first. The notables, round. Yeah. second. Was it second round?
2: Oh, uh, sorry, no, no first round. First, yeah, first round, because he was yeah. on the list. I yep. didn't add him because he's a
0: Ranger. And I don't care. Yeah. Rock's gonna fire off. I don't these even names. have him on my list either. Bryce Harper is number one. Bryce Harper. Manny Machado number three. Boom. Mm-hmm. Matt Harvey at number seven. Love I man. think he was a Gator. Was he a gator?
2: Matt Harvey? Yeah. Matt Harvey was a... Oh, I don't know. No, he wasn't. No, because I would have played against him. So it Wasn't he? I'll tell you in a second. Uh, Chris Sale. Or maybe he was Number 13. Pitched against us? I don't know.
0: And Christian Yelich at number 23. Sure. Like, he's a hack. He's a hack, right? <laughs> <laughs> but he was actually drafted by the Marlins. Did you know that?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did. Good, because I didn't. But I know now. Yeah, got to play against him quite a few times because Padres and the Marlins share... Or, sorry, the... Um, Padres shared with the Seattle Mariners and uh the we, we got to play like a few like preseason games kind of before pro teams would start playing one on but yeah
3: can we touch on that so 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 you're playing in uh, Padres are in the you play Double A which is Texas League
2: Yeah that was my last year yeah Right yeah
3: so so you were playing against guys like uh Tommy Pham
2: yep Max Muncy yep those are relevant in the play I was going to say right there was now. another yeah. there's
3: one other guy that was in the playoffs that that I
2: Oh yeah the names go on and on and circles, on for sure yeah, yeah absolutely yeah no sp- like we can spitball these right away Bryce Harper Jamison Taillon who sadly went down to Tommy John this year but This is you, your draft year? This is my draft year. Yeah, Jamison Taillon, Manny Machado, Drew Pomerantz, Matt Harvey, Yasmani Grandel, who's a pretty good catcher. Great player. Um, Chris Sale, Kristen Yelich, Andrelton Simmons, Kevin Kiermeyer. Cole Calhoun, Aaron Sanchez, Noah Syndergaard, Taewon Walker, Syndergaard, I don't know yeah, Syndergaard, yeah.
3: Are you naming just the MLB players, or yeah.
2: is this no, yeah, well, your notable guys? No, no, just no, notable okay, guys. Yeah, no, I, okay, okay. Yeah, no, I just want to make sure it wasn't like uh, no. in order. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, not the these, are no, these are every these are, single
0: person yeah. that was drafted before me. Well, I've got, me. A, I've, Go. got a,
2: I've got a funny one. You're gonna, you're gonna laugh at the last one. I, I don't think a lot of people know this. Russell Wilson. So nope. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was it? Aaron
0: Sanchez, <laughs> Wait, Noah Syndergaard, yeah, Taewon Walker,
2: uh, Drew Smiley, Derek Dietrich, and then I wrote down LOL, me, L O L me, <laughs> in the middle there. Uh James Paxson, who was pitching for the Yankees. Uh, after you? Yeah, nice. picked, yeah. Selected 132, I was one twenty-four. Uh Russell Wilson, uh, who actually got drafted, yeah, in the fourth round after. Uh, Jock Peterson who's playing for the Dodgers, Dodgers? right now. BK. And then a notable one that did not sign but did get drafted by the Jays, and I think a lot of people might have forgotten about this, Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant got drafted by the Blue Jays last that year that, that year and did not sign out of high school.
0: Is he the guy that played for the Mets?
2: No, he plays for the Cubs, third oh, base. Cubs. Yep. Yeah, another pinstripe one.
0: Yeah. I knew the, but Russell Wilson,
2: the quarterback that, for this year. Yeah. They knew he probably my was my fantasy sign. football oh, starter. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. He was a he was I don't want to say. It. Man, he wasn't that great at baseball. <laughs> He played second base, just like me. Russell Wilson did, yeah. 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 I've heard he i heard that the, about Russell Wilson. Tri- I mean, he made the right choice. The Tri-City <laughs> Cats. He gave it a year, he tried he gave it a try for did like. Did he play in season. university? Uh yes. So yeah, Wisconsin
0: did. or North Carolina? No, yeah, because
2: he flipped around quite a bit, right? He played his he last switched. two years at school. He went back to school, right? After
0: He graduated NC State, I think. Yeah. And then
2: did his uh, fifth year yeah, at Wisconsin. In, at Wisconsin, that's right.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: My um, wife's alma mater. She's taking a program there right now. now. Wisconsin? Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. For those who, Is she American or Canadian? She's Canadian. We're both from uh, from Ottawa. Oh,
0: yeah? Orleans, yeah. Ottawa?
1: Both or from like, uh, the good old Ottawa. Orleans. Quick trivia. Uh, and I don't have the complete list in front of me, obviously, but players who were dual athletes, baseball, football. How do I feel about them? Uh, just names. No. Oh. Uh, Deion Sanders, uh, Russell Bo Jackson.
2: Yeah. Who's the quarterback right now that's in the... Um, Oh, my God. He's starting. What's his name? He's short guy. He's drafted first overall. Oh, Murray. Kyler Murray? Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. Yeah, he was, a, he was a South Fielder. Yeah, he fielder. was signing
0: with Oakland. He was d- d- yeah. right. debating right. whether or not right. to... Uh, oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. yeah. Like, actually, are you talking guys that played Major League Baseball and football? No, guys football? that played NFL that and MLB. Could, could,
1: could have basically had a choice, essentially. Uh, this who's list the, who, is
0: who, way, for, way bigger than Elway. you could even... John Elway. one of is one of them.
2: One of the guys I uh, played at Kituah with, he was a wide receiver for the Eagles for a while. Um oh my god i'm gonna forget his name
1: i can't believe him pinkston creators. uh the no. jackson no jason nevon how, how long ago he's my age this was so all
2: fresh out of high school no like 30. no oh, man, i'll he's have the, i'll have the name for us but he had a big uh a big fallout with a few things but he was like i got a lot of tim tebow stories <laughs> That's the guy I want to talk
0: to. Because yeah, it better be good. Now, he now, <laughs> now you're on the trolley. <laughs> yeah, 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 Only
2: yeah. positives. <laughs> he was. He, he went to Florida, and um, uh, I'm gonna have his name here in a second. It's just crossed. I don't know why it's passing my mind right now. Riley this Cooper. A buddy of yours? At Riley Cooper. Oh
0: shit, Riley Cooper. Yeah, Riley Cooper lived with Tim Tebow for a long time.
2: hmm hmm You so know yeah. Riley Cooper? Yeah, Cape Cod. We played together in Cape Cod. He got himself in some hot water. A lot of hot water.
0: Played on one of those teams that had some uh, some, some me- angels <laughs> and some devils. <laughs> and It really is. That's a thirty for thirty that has to happen. Riley mm-hmm. Cooper, the Florida Gators of like two thousand and six. Yeah, the two thousand six, two thousand
1: seven. TD. Every the other jump TD. Yeah, the ju- I just the saw Tebow the highlight today,
0: <laughs> and I realized that Tebow was getting rid of the ball. Before he touched the ground, like it was basketball, like he got up for a shot and realized that I had to get rid of it before my feet touched the ground. Yeah. And I was like, dude, it's football. Just yeah. fucking land and throw the damn ball. Yeah. Anyway, it was a great play. Hopefully that's uh, <laughs> uh, a good sign for uh, this upcoming week. Yeah. Um, okay, so now you're playing minor yeah. league ball. Yeah. How does that differ from your experience at UK? Because UK, I mean, it's a prestigious university. There's a lot of money there. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you would get that feeling that maybe minor league is uh, – not a step down but in terms of the luxuries I don't mm-hmm. know what's it, what was it
2: like for the minor league you start playing you? with guys that don't speak English really eh? that's my that was my first like whoa this is for real this is a worldwide sport where like guys from all over the place my roommate Jung Min nah he was from South Korea and he had just finished his stint as an army like within the army or whatnot and um, that's that was literally my first experience of like whoa like this is a worldwide sport this is crazy like this is for real now it's business right And uh, you don't... When you grow up, especially as a Canadian, you got to love your team sports. You love your teams, right? That's just what Everybody attaches themselves to a team as a fan, and then when you play on your teams, you take one for the boys, right? When you're playing hockey, guy slaps one in front of you, try to block that thing because that's one for the boys, right? You can go on and on about sports, doing stuff like that. And I got into pro ball with that same mindset, and that was wrong, and I had to learn that. That was a learning curve for me, that once you start playing pro, until you make... Until you're on a long-term contract, your entire purpose in, within that organization is not to be to make it with the Padres. It's to get traded and to make it with another team that really wants you because you really start showing your worth through the minor leagues, right? And you think about things like that. It's like, for example, imagine you get drafted by the New York Yankees, right? And you're like a fourth, fifth-round draft pick. Are you going to make it up? Mm-hmm. No. That's imagine imagine you're <laughs> imagine you're a shortstop and Derek Jeter's out playing right? You think right. you start thinking about these little things sure. and you're like, well I'm not gonna play shortstop for the Yankees. I think I'm gonna have to make it with somebody else. And that mindset comes across all pro baseball players when they're in the minor leagues. It's like, yeah, I like the Padres, but like I like I'm also like, I got to be aware of that. If I'm going to make it long term, it's probably going to have to be with. Well,
0: the team's got to be aware of that, too, right? Yeah, so when absolutely. they have you in the system, they're like, they want you to be to elevate your game and be trade bait to say, we don't need a uh, shortstop,
2: but yeah. we need a left fielder. Absolutely. Or we need something else to fill it in and we can trade you. For minor it. league directors would literally minor leagues. There's usually about six to seven teams per minor league for, for major league team. Right? There's about that many teams in the organization So you've got a lot of guys That's a lot of players, that you, a lot of rosters you've got to fill Right, So every single year Especially for the Padres, I can't speak to anybody else But for us, when we would have our meetings At the beginning of the year, the minor league directors Would literally stand in front of us and just go like Hey, you're not just playing for us Every day you gotta go out there and play for all the scouts that are in the stands, cause there's 30, there's not always 30 scouts in the stands, but most teams are always watching you play while you're there, so. And even if yeah. it's not
0: live, they'll watch the footage, they'll, they'll. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: So, the, so the business of sport is the first hit to the face when you make it pro. It's like, oh God, like guys are trying to get paid a lot of money, so it's like, it's cutthroat. You know what I mean? Like it's, guy. you're happy for guys that play well, but at the same time you're like, if this guy takes my spot, <laughs> That's my chance. That's my ticket to, you know, a different life. So, yeah, it's a big deal.
1: Sam. Oh, I, I got a like mil- literally a million questions in my head. And I don't know which one to pick. The, the ones in the sheet are the obvious ones. But <laughs> I, I want to ask you something. OK, well, let's just OK, let's go to let's stick with the sheet. Yeah. Um, where was your favorite place to play?
2: Um, Fenway was cool because I got to play Fenway um, in, in college. Yeah, in Cape Cod the all-star game was there in Fenway. Yeah, so I got to hit BP there So you'd have to slap a homer or against the yeah, monster Yeah, you get to crush it against the green monster. Yeah, amazing What
0: team like what team did you like to play for the most I guess outside of Kentucky? Kentucky.
2: Yeah, I was no, outside that's of gonna Kentucky. be my minor, minor league. league. Yeah, minor league. Did you leagues? have any stintry like like? Really no, I did I, had, I have one the, the team I love playing for the most and people would think that it's as you progress through the system um, the nachos that just passed by. Yeah, is that what it good. is? Yeah. Oh, I got a huge <laughs> whiff of that. The teams that you play for, you would expect the, the lower the level, the crappier the stadium, right? Yeah. Not the case. Not always the case. Every single city has city planners and owners that can literally build a stadium. And it's up to them based on the population of the town, what the weather is like, etc. So the team that I love playing for the most was the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. Okay, I love playing for that name. team. Yeah, it was. I love playing there because that was like a big league minor league stadium. Is that Everything was Fort Wayne, Fort Wayne, Indiana, Indiana. Beautiful Failed stadium. Oh, one. I loved it. High high rises oh. behind in the background. Is that because there was and-
0: nothing around? Like you know, when you talk about there's uh, Kentucky yeah. and Lexington not having any yeah. pro sports in that kind of area. Fort Wayne's a
2: big city, and it didn't have any pro teams yeah. in it or anything like that. Well, Fort so Wayne you have a lot caps. of people you can yeah. draw,
0: and but this is you're not like a major league market without having a major league team, right? So and, and
2: they consistently win like minor league stadium of the year and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's really it, it, it was really like a, a, an awesome experience. The, everything how, was great there. How long are you there for? One, it, it was for my single A season, my first full nice. season. So that was 2011. 2011. Yeah,
1: what's the closest you've ever been to being called up?
2: Um, some spring training games. You know, you get you you go play against the big leaguers and you make the like the team for the day or whatever, and you go play in spring training. And then it's kind of like, hey, am I a prospect? And then that's when they tell you like, did hey. you wear a Padres jersey? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, that's
2: yeah. You, cool, you, you, right? you get all these uh, that's so cool, and then you play some preseason games against big league squads. So like, you'll play like some teams would came down to play in Lake Elsinore. They play against us and stuff like that. So. Did you did you play with Gareth Brooks? No. No? No. Nope, I did a chance. Well, Garth he does
3: uh, Gareth Brooks does uh I think it was with the Padres too, no?
2: Yeah, I think for a while, yeah. Yeah, he Shows up to training camp every year and. And Brooks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, it's kind of like that other guy with the Yankees, right? What's his name? He gets to like take some batting practice against. Oh, Billy Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. (laughs) Mm. Things like
1: that. Yeah. No, I didn't get that that opportunity, but it was pretty sweet. Who was on the Padres uh, within those few years when you got uh, when you got drafted? Who was who? Any notable names on that team at that time? They were shit. Yeah, pretty bad. Yeah, Yeah, pretty pretty bad. Anybody? That um, we would know, pitcher wise, Hoffman
2: as a Trevor closer. Trevor Hoffman, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was kind of like right at the at the end of his career. Does there. he not have the major league record for saves? He may have. He may hold. Yeah, it. I think Mariano Rivera just passed him, like, right, right for like I think at the like a last that last season, I think, right. or something like that. But yeah, yeah, he's in the Hall of Fame. So,
1: what's your take on them trying to rebuild through uh, Manny Machado and Fernando
2: Tatis Jr.? That's the funny thing is that the Padres were ne- have the, the Padres have always been known as a A MLB team and i like you know and the investment was just never there because you kind of have that awareness again of who are you playing against oh the giants oh the dodgers are we going to make it every year no so what's our money best used for and that's when you get these savvy owners telling baseball president operations telling you how to spend your money like of course every team wants to win every year right but there's an owner in the back that's very smart with his money a mark cuban of sorts right that's going to tell you like I want to spend 300 million versus 200 million. Like that's a hundred million dollar (laughs) swing. Like that's not, and what's that going to bring back to us the same ticket value. Are we still going to bring the same people out? What not? So it was pretty interesting with the whole rebuild that they were trying to do. And the Padres still kind of sucked this year. You know,
1: I I look at the Padres team and they have a beautiful park. Petco park
2: is is, with the ocean right there. And then all the Navy
1: like ships and stuff like that. It's a top five park in majors. Yeah. It's pretty nice. And they've got a nice team in terms of, uh, they were competitive until today got hurt. Mm -hmm. But, uh, that they spent a ton of money on a, what I would consider to be a questionable character. I don't know. Yeah, Machado. Yeah. You, can you tell us a bit about Machado and your thoughts on him as a as a as a perhaps a leader because he's getting paid I never like got a leader. To
2: pay, I never got to play against
1: him because the Orioles
2: were always part of like Florida leagues versus like the Padres were in Arizona for spring training and the Orioles were on the other side in Florida. Same thing with the Jays in Florida, right? And. I never really got to play against him, so I don't really know, but I mean, obviously from what I've seen on social media, like, you know, yeah. you're taking a risk a little Take, bit. Well, sure. From
1: a character perspective, uh, yeah. on, on the Kind of like field. a Jose Reyes almost, right? With all that stuff that kind of went right? down, it was just kind of like, oh, uh, that's kind of on the. Beautiful swing, a yeah. lot of power, great glove, but so, when it comes to full on effort, is it there? Uh, yeah, you know, has he got his money? Some of yes. these, some of these, there's, you get different types of big leaguers,
2: because I got to be around quite a few of them. You got to be, it, how do I explain this? it's my world, you're just living in it, is the mindset. You're in my world. Like this is my planet, like this is my surroundings, my bubble, the whole thing, and you're just living in my world. So that that idea, that mindset, kind of starts to sink into some of these guys that are getting paid tons and tons. And they tons believe and it. Ton- and and they believe yeah, it. it's true. And, and you it, see that in other personalities in the world too, but. It's yeah. almost like that confidence thing is taken yep. way too um, far. Yeah, that's the like extreme. no one's
3: pulled them back and said, whoa, whoa. Yep. Like,
2: that's the extreme where you start to see very odd behavior of like, I can say and do whatever I want. Right. Yeah. Any
0: examples of that?
2: Yes, I have some great examples of that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to go down U.S. politics road? No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Speaking of U.S. politics, yeah. who's the biggest jerk you've ever played with? Uh, played with. Or I guess or against. Biggest jerk you played with. Let's I go with, with Yaziel Yazi yeah. Puig comes to mind. You play, oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah? Yeah.
2: I remember he first got called up, and he's a Cuban, right? So he had to defect. And I remember it was the whole rage. And uh, for for those of, for those, no one will know this, so I don't know why I'm saying that. The, the, it's called High A, advanced A ball. That's where you make it up through the levels. You're kind of like halfway to the major leagues at this point, right? So High A was in California. And I played for a team called the Lake Elsinore Storm. And uh, Puig had just gotten called up to, like Kike Hernandez and Jock Peterson and all these guys that are playing on the Dodgers right now, that's the year that they were playing against us. And the team that they played for just outside of LA was called Rancho Cucamonga. (laughs) So that was the team, yeah. So that's the team that uh, Yaziel Puig, because Puig came up with the Dodgers. Um, he got, he defected, he signed this massive, cause these international guys, these big talent guys, they sign these crazy amounts of money, right? So we find out that this guy's getting paid like, you know, X million dollars and not nobody that we were playing with was really, unless it was a first rounder was getting paid that much. The first game he got called up right away. He went to the Mercedes dealership, bought two Mercedes, <laughs> one white, one black <laughs> and let like some of the other guys get in the car and drive to the Lake Elsinore field. He's there playing against us at home that day. And, um, the bus, Followed them like they didn't they weren't on the team bus. They drove the Mercedes cars. Oh, dear. and they show up to the game I, I I'm, I'm not kidding you. This guy comes out of nowhere And at this point if you look at pictures of the Elpwig Puig when he first made it Like or first when he first got to the US, he was a big guy Like he's a bit muscular now, but like he was a bigger dude Like he's not as in good shape that he was back then, right? So um, or the reverse of that So anyways guy hits a single and gets to first base and I'll never forget this. I'm playing shortstop He's on first base and he's taking a lead and it's a nonchalant lead. Like, I don't care. Like, he just kind of takes a couple of steps off and just stands there like he's moping almost because he didn't hit a home run or something like that. Literally, that's the attitude. (laughs) And he's just standing there and we don't pick over. And literally, I'll never forget this. The pitcher's name was Matt Branham. Huge leg kick, throws to the plate. The ball is like halfway, almost in the catcher's glove. Swear to God. And Yaziel takes off. (laughs) to steal a base. This is, I've never seen this before. I'm like, okay, so I get to second base and I'm waiting like he's stealing, I guess. So I'm like going, our catcher throws the ball to me. I catch it right in my chest. Yaziel is halfway to second. He's nowhere close to the base at this point. And he's huffing and puffing, like he's breathing. And you can, I could hear him. He was like, hopefully this won't sound terrible in the mic, but like, Like he was like, you could hear him like he was like hustling down and it made no sense. And I'm just standing there with my glove like, is he going to slide here or what? He literally runs. I, I I tag him on the chest and he runs. He keeps running into the outfield. I was in absolute shock. Nobody knew what the hell was going on. Who is this guy? Millions and millions of dollars, right? Drives Mercedes to the to the field and whatnot. And that was my first experience with him. And then you can name all the other stuff that he did. Like in the middle of a in the middle of an inning, like this is like a couple of months later, he's in right field and the sun's not setting, but it's like it's there. So it's like maybe you should have brought glasses out, right? <laughs> You're in right field. And in the middle of a pitch, he literally walks over like like especially in the minor leagues you don't always have the bullpens in the back behind home like behind the center field fence or whatever right yeah. most of the times they're on the field to save money for the expenses and owners and stuff like that so because the the his teammates were right there he literally in the middle of a pitch in the middle of an at bat he just walks off he doesn't jog he doesn't run to go get glasses from some of the guys in the bullpen he walks off the field in the middle of pitches like unheard of stuff <laughs> It's like it's like if someone in the middle of an inning just walked into the stands right now in, in a big league game So he walks out gets glasses and walks back and everyone's like should we call time and nobody cared? Because <laughs> really. it's Yaziel's world and we're just living in it, right? That's that's kind of the mindset Hopefully that wasn't too long of an answer, but <laughs> he, that's the biggest uh, I want to I want to say jerk there But yeah, he's he was in Cleveland right guy. now. I think uh-huh, he, he yeah. went from
1: uh, Dodgers. LA to Cincinnati. Yeah fucked up there and then yep. went over to Cleveland. Yep. How you like me now Cleveland? Yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, we're giving you pearls here, folks, today. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> it's, it's tough, that's so it's good. tough. And I was calling for the Jays to sign him. That shows how much I know, because the Jays were in the mix for a right fielder mm-hmm. when Batista decided to uh, call it a career, and Puig's name kept coming up, right? I don't know if you remember, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Puig's name was definitely coming well, up. Well, it's funny, because I, and I was,
3: uh, like, saying, okay, just before that, I was saying, why don't they trade Batista, who's on the decline, but is a bona fide player. And Puig, at that time, was having uh, issues in- uh, In L.A. In L.A., yeah. yeah, and I was like, okay, so do the swap. L.A. Oh, won't want to do it, but they gotta, you know, you're getting a bona fide right fielder, who's got a cannon, a yeah, home run. Good arm. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he's a good player. And, but, and you're getting rid of this, you know, not, I guess, troublemaker, whatever you want to call him, but, but yeah, like, cool. good lord, there, character stuff, man.
2: Locker room stuff, that's mm-hmm. a big deal.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's great. All right, so let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and we're going to touch on, we're going to wrap it up the, with, the end of your baseball career, sort of what you're doing now, a little bit with your work with the, the Jays, all those sure. super cool stories that you can't tell us. We'll just pretend like <laughs> you can. And uh, we'll wrap this up. Sounds so good. good for the first one, but trust me, you're coming this, back. Yeah, oh, com- yeah. this will be do some uh, business
2: analysis. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you can do that. We'll be right back.: One, two, three, four, five six, three.
1: And we're back with uh, Chris Bisson, and Mike and Andrew and Brock. He likes Bisson. Bisson. I can't. <laughs> Look, my, my last name's Cariati and it's been screwed up about a thousand times, <laughs> yeah. so I get it. Hey, um, quick question, actually.
0: Hey, yeah. I, stupid. I just said start it off and start the question, and then I have a question. Yes. When you got hit in the knee, you know that fastball you see you got hit in the knee in the, the face, first in play, in the face, in the face. No, yeah. by uh, Gary Henderson, the one that uh, aluminum bat in first. Thing, the game will find oh, you. Oh, went off your third knee. base against yeah. Florida. Yeah. Was that? uh, Were you making like a kick save?
2: Yeah, I was trying to. Like you trying into the to do stands. whatever. And Somebody really kinda... wanted a souvenir, and I was like, "I got you." It's my first game; it'll make me look bad, but I got this. <laughs> it was was like it like an athletic save. move to like it at least I looked, stop I looked, it of some sort? I looked awful doing it. I looked like a deer in the headlights when that ball <laughs> got hit. Like, what do I do with this? It's like I've never played the sport before. <laughs> that's you, like ah, coach. I'm Canadian. Was yeah. like, I was playing goalie when I was a yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah. trying to make sure it doesn't go into yeah. the outfield. And it's funny because that's a ground rule double, right? Plenty. You play any slow pitch? I do. <laughs> Actually, it took me a while.
0: <laughs> Are it's you a, recruiting for the fucking <laughs> Woodies right now?
2: <clears throat> uh, I maybe. The me, Dukes. It is took where me a while. It took me a while to get honestly. back into. Yeah, because like yeah, once sure. you're done with that, you're, it's tough. That whole transition out of sports, it was my decision, I actually talked about it, and uh, that whole transition was tough. But um, no, I've, I've been, I, I haven't i been—I—I been part of an official roster since I've come back to Ottawa, because I used to live in Toronto, like we were talking about, we used yeah. to work for the Jays and all that stuff. So I moved back to Ottawa about two years ago, because um, my now boss is like, hey, you can live wherever you want in Canada as long as there's an international airport. Boom. So um, yeah, I was pretty pumped about that. So come back to Ottawa and yeah, no, I've, I've, I've been a sub, Right, my name's been my my name has been like Connor or like Max or Mike or <laughs> sure. I've been sure. I've been different I've been different people for some uh, for some as a sub on on some teams so yeah it's nice because then you kind of I don't know it's kind of you take the rust off and it's oh like, yeah eh, sure. can I still do this and you just like smack one against like a building in the back and you're like yeah okay. I can still do yeah, it I have power in <laughs> in slow pitch yeah
1: you know it's funny you say uh, you know getting back into it and taking some time off and yeah. we had Ken Tasker on on our last show who was a minor league hockey player, mm-hmm. uh, world-renowned fighter in hockey. And uh, he had, uh, you know, to say he had a difficult time after his career ended Same would here. be a, maybe a, an understatement, mm-hmm. according to him anyways. And uh, I heard a, a quote a long time ago about guys who end their career and it being almost like a second death in your mm-hmm. life. So we, ha- we we obviously we suffer our physical death in our lifetime and, yeah. and athletes suffer their... Their careers, uh, death yeah. or mortality, and uh, that's hard to come back from. Sometimes so it t- takes time, and it, you know, some guys go into depression. Some guys go. If in football's case, they mm-hmm. deal with. Uh, you know, the injuries and what they've dealt with over their career and yeah. having to deal with that on top of their career. That's ending. any so, sport though, I that, think
2: really. but sure. Yeah. yeah. In terms of so no, I went through this, I went through a very similar like phase in my life where it's like, could
1: you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah,
2: well, I mean, you're always told like, you know, when you're a kid, like just anybody, any parent will look at their kid and just go like, find something you love, but something that'll like, you know, kind of keep your head of, you know, try to do something. I'll try to equal out a little bit. Like what kind of subject do you like in school? And then try to go find a job in that, right? That's, that's, we all go through something like that. And it's interesting for, and this is the one thing that I find is that for all, like for anybody that's kind of like me, a guy that's on the prospect list that has a chance to make it, but gets hurt. Like that's the reason I had to retire is because I just kept getting this chronic arm injury. Like I had to get surgery on it afterwards and that ended my career. And when he, when things like this happen it's one of those things where a decision has to be made like do i let this go to move on because i'm just spinning my wheels here doing minor league baseball for the rest of my life cuz now i've got a busted arm and i'm never going to be on another prospect list again and you know you talk about you know that guy with minor hockey like i talked to a lot of i've talked to a lot of pro athletes that have had similar paths where it wasn't like a nice road to make it up it was a very like like nasty injury prone i didn't make it because x and x happened Mm. and it's it's very hard it you leave that and you're like but i love it i love doing that but it's not gonna pay the bills and i'm in deficit every year because i don't know if anybody knows but go look up how much people like minor league players get paid it's an absolute nightmare oh absolutely yeah but yeah so that was a big part of that whole process to me was like I was lucky enough to have a good family support system at home and I was dating my now wife at that time and I had a lot of friends in Ottawa and all that stuff and in Canada and all that stuff and I was like I was lucky enough to have that support system to come back to but like that whole transition period of like well what do I do now like what do I do with my like you know what I mean I was a little bit lost afterwards thank God for the Jays and Greg Hamilton with Team Canada because they hooked up that whole thing but uh for you yeah, to get that job for me yeah because if not like I'm what the heck? Like, I don't even, like I was a sports med guy and I, like, cause I went to school, I got a bachelor of science at University of Kentucky and then I get into the world and I'm just kind of like, well, I don't want to be a physio. The whole reason I went into that program at Kentucky and a lot of people don't know this is that academic advisors in university, for any, for any parent listening that's may that has a child possibly going to a NCAA program or anything like that, follow through with them to make sure that when they meet their academic advisors that you literally talk about options because for me, when I first went to Kentucky, out of Beatrice Deloge, my <laughs> French was a little bit more like this. I talked like this bit more. Really? Yeah, it was really bad. It wasn't, like, my English is much better now. And um, when I first got to school, that I, could, I met with an academic advisor like, okay, you're a student athlete. You're here to play baseball. What do you want to take? And you're like, I'd like to go in too. Business. That was my first answer. I was like, I'd like to go into business. Pretty general. I think I'll be able to go do something with that. Maybe I could specialize afterwards. I don't know, right? An MBA. Like that was like, oh, maybe I can do this. That'd be cool. Like that'll be nice for the resume. And uh, the academic advisor was like, I don't know about that. This kid's English is not very strong, right? And that was a conversation where. What's the easy, What's one of the easier programs that I can put this kid in to make sure that he graduates and doesn't sink the entire athletic program with his bad GPA? Because if you have a bad GPA, yeah. that team is not going to is not going to make it in the postseason. Look up uh, University of Connecticut basketball team. There was one year that they did not make it into the um, into the March Madness because the kids one of like a few too many of the kids had bad grades. So That's, they weren't eligible. Jim they were not
1: eligible. ours whole, yeah. So That's that was one really of the things, okay. so
2: they put me up in, they Big put East. me in human kinetics and kinesiology. Why did they do that? Because badminton was an elective. Wow. Really? Think about that. I had some very, I did the whole, I, did, I went through the whole university scheme of, Chris, you got to take anatomy and physiology and all this stuff. So I took it and I did great, but there were those electives. So that when the springtime came and you had to visit places like Florida and you had to fly down to Georgia and the, the, the schedule gets crazy. Right. It's easier for them to look at you and just go, I would hope for you to take an elective during the spring because then it won't sink our grades during that. Imagine taking engineering classes right. during the spring, during your season.
0: Did you stay there in the summertime too, by any chance?
2: No, never did. No? It was a ghost town hmm. Yeah, in Lexington. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just Absolute ghost. That's a that. college town. Like that's the definition of a college town. Yeah. Middle of the, Middle America, Kentucky. All the kids go home. Sure. There's not a soul anywhere near campus, like no one. Yeah. It's fascinating.
0: Sometimes guys would do that so that they would have that credit in the summertime or yep. maybe two and then so that in the fall they only had to take two courses. Instead yeah. of four.
2: Yeah, know, something like that. Football, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Especially for the football guys because you're there during the summer working out preseason, right? So guys were already on campus anyway. But for baseball, guys would be gone. I almost stayed for a couple summer classes. But, yeah, anyways, parents listening, if you've got a kid going to a program anywhere, considering anything, make sure to follow through with them on that choice. When you first start, and you can take general studies for the first two years, and then you can specialize there in your third year, and as a junior, right? But it's important, so I'm, that 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 was a big hurdle for me, and I wish I'd I wish I'd been more firm about staying in business because I actually ended up going. I did a graduate program. I graduated two years ago. I had to go back to school to take business administration. Where'd you go? Central Michigan. York University. York University. Yeah, York University University School of Business. So I wanted to do an MBA and I was just kind of like, well, let me just get started with that. So I had to go through that full process of this is what I wanted to do to start with. So I had to apply and do the whole thing and finally graduated and... That took years off my life, right? And In retrospect, I wish I could have gone back and been more firm back then because then I would have maybe been a little bit more set in my adult years. So anyways, going back to the initial question of, man, all this transition stuff for pro, like for athletes, right? Sometimes I really do think this is that we think too much about athletes when they're kids and then they'll just do the sport now and then they'll transition on later just fine. You really have to set yourself up as a student athlete. Like that's a very serious term.
1: And it's wild because when I think about not necessarily uh, uh, collegiate athletes, but think about the pros, and, and a couple names come to mind. You know, one guy who had a great pro career, transitioned his, uh, his post-career really smoothly, mm-hmm. Troy Aikman. Yeah. Comes to mind, right? Great pro career, great transition in- into Fox as, a, as an analyst and he's been doing it ever since. And he's one of the best, he's one of the best analysts. Him and Chris Collinsworth are like one in one eight. Yeah, they know the game. They know the game and he's done it well and, he's, and he, he knew when his time was up and mm-hmm. that was it. And you look on the flip side, you look at, look at, look at a guy like Delonte West who was a, uh, a point guard for the Boston Celtics. He kind of bounced around towards the latter part of his career. He's now homeless. Yeah. And has you know, mental real. health issues. Yeah. Can't get out of, you know, uh, he was last seen homeless on the street of Los Angeles or something crazy like that. So you could really go one of two directions in in, uh, in your post career. So do you know anybody?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I guess you wouldn't really know anybody who's like uh, Struggle, older, yeah. old, our uh, age. but. Yeah. Who has who has had their career cut short? Who might be having a hard time? And we don't need to know any names, but do you yeah. know anybody who's gone one yeah. or two directions?
2: Yeah, you associate yourself. I do. Yeah, you associate yourself so much with that thing that you do, right? When you go to a party and you meet somebody, what do you? What's the first thing? One of the first questions you might you ask do? somebody: what do, do? what do you do? What do you do for a living? What do you do for a living? Right? And that's one of the things that that person has spent all of their, I don't want to say like, you know, early adult years specializing into something that for the most part, I I mean, I'm generalizing right now, but for the most part, right, you ask what do you do? Oh, it took me this long to graduate from this program to become, for example, like a uh, you, you name what an accountant, an engineer, like I'm using my friends, right? And that, that's kind of the way that they identify because they've worked so hard and that's what they love. So I am, my name is X and I am an engineer or an accountant or something like that. That's important to people because sure. it, it creates a uniqueness, right? And for the longest time, to come back onto the subject, for the longest time, I was Chris, the baseball player.
0: Well, Thats it that's what you're known for that's what you identify yourself with too because yeah. as a kid you're, you're go- when you're playing baseball you're going through that time of your life where you're trying to establish your own identity mm-hmm. and that identity is directly related with baseball and that is and you know fortunately for you it went a long time as well, which just solidified that understanding of Yourself. Yeah. And then once that's pulled, you're like, well, the fuck am
2: I? Well, yeah, well, who am I? Yeah. And oh, you have yeah. to like,
0: reestablish that. Yeah,
2: absolutely. 100%. That's and, the biggest deal. Yeah. You know, that was and the Pep, when you talk about,
0: you know, you can go one of two ways, I think 99% of people fall in the middle where it's not, you don't know 100%, but you're also not a bum on the street, but it doesn't mean you don't have problems. Like, you're, you're, you're at some, some level, you're dealing with these identity issues this whole new uh new you and new life and and the the fears that come with that and the uncertainty Mm -hmm. and um you know and that's it's a difficult thing
2: yeah we look at we look at athletes strangely in society right because we all want to look at the tv and go oh nfl players mlb players nhl players etc and all those guys that like I don't want to say fall short because that's not necessarily the right way to look at it and frame it but it is an interesting thing the way that society views them it's just kind of like it all starts honestly to me it really does all start with like the way that you're brought up and the way that you're all your values and everything that you kind of go through in your childhood is just to make sure that you can identify with the sport but one of the things that really helped me and pulled me out of that with my parents where I didn't know what I was going to do there afterwards because I'm not the baseball guy anymore. So one of the things that pulled me back were my parents were just going like, no, we still love you. You're still our son, and that's not necessarily who you are to us. And that helped me quite a bit, kind of bring me back. It's just kind of like, oh, I'm not just Chris the baseball player. I'm just I'm, – I'm, I'm Chris. Like, that's just me, right? Your
0: friends, like, did you have a good circle of friends? Great Same idea of friends. Where you're just like, hey, like, they see you for who you are and yeah. not – for the baseball is all kind of bread and butter it's just like it's exactly. a cool thing you're doing but it doesn't define who you are and if you have that circle that's that's huge you're now you went to a catholic school and stuff like that are your parents very religious at all or no like that? no okay Most i funny. laugh
2: because no, no not necessarily it was a the school is closest to us i'm <laughs> gotcha. sure that, that's a very it's a value in my in our family but like sure. overall like you know yeah, yeah. i no, not to offend you do i attend church every sunday no do i go once in a while yeah I turn, Riley I ten, Cooper, I ten, I if you're I listening, don't mass. tell Tim. <laughs> yeah, I attend mass once in a while. I wish I could go more often, but yeah, <laughs> that's not necessarily the
0: yeah.
1: I'm yeah. just asking. Yeah, I mean, so it's super interesting, though. Yeah, we. But, I, I want to have you back on to talk about the. I'm, personally, yeah, this is Mike, great. Mike and I are Jays fan. Brock, you're a huge Jays fan too, correct? Are you? Jay's I'm fan? huge. Yeah. So we have Jays questions we want to ask you about uh, Alex Manoa and uh, Nate Pearson and some of the kids coming up who aren't who haven't uh, had a taste of the uh, the majors yet this year. But before we uh, before we do that, we're going to wrap up this segment yeah. with a, a couple of questions about who you are. Uh, so can you tell us just quickly, what, what do you do now? I work for a
2: company called Performance Health. So any sports team that you can think of, the Canucks, the Sens, the Montreal Canadiens, all that stuff, anytime they need sports medicine products, so anything that has to do with Band-Aids, all the way up to braces and slings and name the product, That's uh, they come to me for that stuff. That is so I, I get calls from some... I get calls from big leaguers, NHLers Sometimes just like, hey, I need this real quick Like maybe a fancier product that we have That they want in their house So yeah, do a lot of that stuff Which is, uh, it's interesting, it's a very strange job I got a call from Celine Dion the other day
0: What? Hold on a second What does she need?
2: (laughs) Hold on a second Can't say what she needed, but yeah, yeah, swear to God you can't say what you needed? Well, uh, no. It would it might, your
0: sales pretty good if Celine Dion needed no. uh, protein shakes.
2: you no, Can't, yourself can't shake. specifically state brace? Right. Like, no, yeah, like yeah. around that stuff. Like, Cuz people care about stuff like that, right? That so you never know you who's know. listening, right? Yeah. Well, oh, might this impact this or that and it's like no, it's like not even it's it's from it's for their team. Yeah, it's for their it's for their entire staff. And you run the whole uh, wing I, in, I run in sports, and Canada? Yeah, yeah. So our company, Performance Health, is very—it's a clinical company. So hospitals have contracts with us. Nice. So I do the sports medicine side of things, where we're just launching this in Canada. So all the hockey teams—that's kind of what we're kind of just starting off
1: doing. It's going good. That's going good. And you, do you still live in Ottawa? Yeah, uh, we're part of Ottawa. Sorry, Orleans. You still in Orleans, I went all back, right, boys. Kid yep. went back home, friends. <laughs> hey. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Back gotta to, to, the stay close to the Yeah, got to stay close to the fam, you, you know? You can take the Orleans out of the boy, but you can't take the boy out of the Orleans. Yeah, yeah, can't do it. Out of Orleans. <laughs> out of Orleans. <laughs> out of, <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, do you have any involvement in baseball currently other than other than providing them with... Uh, I met with...
2: I'm, uh, so a little while back, I went to the Baseball Canada office, which is in Ottawa, and they asked me the same question. What, what are you, you doing? Did? Yeah, are you are you planning on coming back and doing baseball stuff? And now that I've kind of rerouted myself back into orleans <laughs> um, i've i've thought about it a little bit as to you know, what could my involvement possibly be? I've been asked a few times, like the like the Ottawa Capitals, the Ottawa Champions. Champions. Sorry. See, that kind of speaks to you how much I know. You could play for them. Yeah, I, I was asked to play for uh, them or the Montreal Capitals. Maybe that's where I came back with Quebec that. Capital, The Quebec Capitals. Yeah, I, I was asked to play for them after I was after I retired and I said no. Um, and then, uh, yeah, then after that, the conversation came like, would you be interested in coaching? And uh, I was too fresh back. I was like, ah, I just need some time to get my f- my footings back and sure. really build my career a little bit first before I really dive into my extracurriculars. I followed you said this. no, yeah. sorry,
0: when you said no, was that because it was kind of too fresh that you were yeah, out?
2: That's exactly what happened. Okay. I was bitter. I was like, Fair. I don't know if, do I want to associate myself with baseball anymore? Like is, is this? do I want to do this? I retired professionally. Like, do I want to go back and be, I don't want to be, I don't want to be mean because like some guys do do that where they'll play pro ball and then after that, they don't want to stop. So they keep doing that to figure things out, to give themselves time. Adrian Chambers. Absolutely. So I completely understand that part of it. For me, I was a little bit more set up where it was just kind of like, I've got my education. I need to dive into a career right now so I can start building my resume a little bit to get to build that portfolio. Um, But uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Like I, I thought about, possibly coaching for for them but i've got no coaching experience i've just got baseball knowledge like i don't really know how to manage a group of guys you know what i mean and that's a that's an important thing for coaches is like managing people that's like one of the biggest skills not necessarily just the sport itself sure but like especially coaches with younger kids and whatnot i don't know what i would be we were just
0: talking about that on the i guess when this comes out it'll be the episode before this we were talking about that. He was a champions guy you were talking about, wasn't it? The coaching.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah the and coaching. He was, oh, he our, no, no Seb, we, oh, didn't name we didn't name names. We didn't name names. He was. He was a play. Some he issues. was a player, okay. and he uh, asked. Okay, that's fine, sir. Um, oh, sounds good, Cheryl. We're <laughs> we're getting, <laughs> we got a note getting, from one of the servers yeah. to ask your server to spin the wheel. I have no idea. I was going to say means, if uh, anybody's <laughs> listening
0: and like, what the hell is that clicking
3: noise in the back? They got this big wheel of
0: something in the back that you can spin and. Who
1: knows? I so finally, the,
3: I finally did see
1: it. Yeah, I'm it's like yeah. cool. So yeah. the Ottawa Champions had a local guy yeah. uh, playing for them, okay. and uh, in, in the off in his off season, he's been cut and then re, and he rejoined sure. the team a couple times. Uh, he's been asked to coach some minor league teams, and from what I'm not <laughs> going to name any names, but from what I have uh, gathered from firsthand witnesses, is that he's he's basically yelling at the kids. I don't know if he can decipher between player coach. In his, at his current status. Anyway, he's not, he was not a, a Champions player. Okay. Um, but again, one of these guys, I think he aspired to, for the, to, to make the big leagues, didn't yeah. work out. You could tell there's some aggression there, and I don't know if kids are his specialty, but because he's a, he's a Champions player... People would just assume, okay, he's going to make a great coach. Sure. And I don't think that was the case in the, in that regard. But um, when we talk about the champions, they had champions, they had a, 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 what I would consider to be a very mediocre team a couple of years ago. And they ended up winning the Can-Am League Championship yeah. with Hal Lanier as their yeah. coach. Uh, Hal Lanier, legendary uh, baseball player, managed, the. Uh, I think he was a Houston Astros manager for a few years in the 80s. Yeah. But good leader of men. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the best baseball guy, yeah. but older guy and knew how to how to bring a team together and they were they were five hundred, but they barely made the playoffs. They ended up winning the Can Am League Championship with what I would call a ragtag bunch of misfits. Yep. He retired and they've had the pretty much the same group of group of players and they they finished last place in the two seasons he's been gone. So there's something to say about guys who can bring players together and to bring the clubhouse together. So yeah. it does take a special coach to sort of Bring those guys together. That's the
2: one thing that's interesting that I find about hockey is that in hockey, you get a lot of hockey coaches. Some have played in the past, but not all of them, right? Some of them just literally come up as coaches. Baseball? Baseball is very heavy. General managers and coaches that have been ex-players. And it kind of speaks to that whole thing where it's just kind of like how much do you value all of like that stuff. It's like, who's your coach? It's like, oh, that's this guy. Overall, you just want a good guy for the locker room because when you think about coaching in hockey, it's a lot more strategic than it is in baseball, right? A lot more, and especially in football. Football, you'll you'll rarely see an ex-player because football. You want to talk about complexities? Oh my god! Imagine being like like a head coach or an offensive lineman or a dealer, like I, like I, football is it's a very complicated sport right so you can't just sure. have, you can't just throw guys out there but yeah that's uh
1: yeah no that's interesting think well, about well we're it. looking at the teams that are left in the playoffs and uh, you know the nationals Dave Martinez Yeah. former expo former former i think he played for the rays towards the end of his career so um, a, a players coach guys love him x's and o's i don't know he's probably pretty good but well
2: data heavy right
1: when i worked for yeah. the jays i can tell you right now
2: that we had a pretty much a is a very like a very heavy Data set chart on what to do in certain instances, right? Like left on left batting, and you know who to throw in and bunts and stuff like that. When to do all that stuff? It's like the it's pretty much all written out for the for the general managers.
0: Well, that's going to be uh, definitely something we want to dive in with you a little bit more in terms of the Blue Jays and all sure. the, the stuff you did oh, with them, yeah. the analytics, yeah. the, the whole show on that, the behind sure. the scenes stuff that just people and the general public just don't understand. You know, you talk about the complexities in terms of football and the X's and O's, Mm -hmm. but the analytical side of baseball and um, and strategically, not even in terms of just the play, but of the whole managing a series, a homestand, a pitching staff of, you know, that kind of stuff is... it's something that it goes without being appreciated by a lot of the public, I think. Oh yeah. And I think, um, I don't know, as you're getting older, you start to understand a little bit more. Maybe that's why I like baseball more now than I did when I was younger. Mm-hmm. You right, guys
3: know? No, because uh, it's the analytics of who you're bringing into your system, uh, who you're acquiring, your opponents, and it just, it just you know, it's yeah. exponentially, like,
2: I remember, literally, we had this chart we had, Carl, like, so on, so we were looking at making sure that the, the, for the Jays, we were looking at making sure that we were going to be very well set up for, and for 2015 season, we were, like, okay, going into the All-Star break, and we were really starting to look at, like, if we add the right players, can we dive in because the, the conference is, like, it's kind of a crapshoot. Like, who's going to come out of this thing? It was one of those years in 2015. And we were literally doing the analysis. So we were just talking about this kind of earlier before the podcast started. There's a system in Major League Baseball now, it's called StatCast, and StatCast is motion sensor cameras literally on the top of every single Major League field. And before every single pitch that you see thrown in the into Major Leagues, there's an intern or there's an entry level staffer that's sitting inside of a media press room, literally from like maybe like the second row or something like that with a button. As soon as the pitcher comes set, and he starts his motion, that person will start a button and it literally looks like just like a handle with a button on it you start the button and then as soon as the play wraps up whether it's hit whether it's caught whatever press the button again and what statcast is doing is literally putting an indicator on every single player on the field from catcher all the way out to center field and every single player for us for like when we were doing it we were literally coding the system for the first time like this is very new back when i was there right and um you literally code every player. So like for me, it would be like Jose Batista is in green and Ryan Goins is in blue and Troy Tulowitzki's is in purple goings, by and the way, we would literally build a model with literally just out of like, like, literally hardcore, like for you coders out there, we were coding in JSON. And um, we, we were, lost four of us. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so we were literally building this program, and the script was insane. And every time we would press the button, the data would come through, and we would have a map on a 3D screen inside of like for like for example like a computer screen. We were just looking at it. It would look like it's inside of a cube, and the ball would be in white, obviously. And as, as soon as the ball was hit, you would find out exactly who was moving where at what time. So by doing that, you'd be able to find out what the launch angle is, what the speed of the ball was off the bat, what the trajectory was, and where that player was when that ball was hit. So for people listening, if you don't think that that kind of data doesn't exist for every single play, if that ball is hit, oh, 100 percent, baseball is on another planet for that stuff. And we were able to find out, like, do we want to stick with, remember, Kevin Pillar was still new. Do we want to stick with Kevin Pillar or do we want to go with Carlos Gomez? Because Carlos Gomez was available at the time. So we were kind of dabbling as like, what do we do? So we ended up finding out, like with a map, For a ball launched at 45 degrees, maybe at like 80, 85 as a line drive with backspin, we'd be able to find out that ball's supposed to land there. Who's gonna catch that ball, Pilar or or Carlos Gomez? Right. And we'd be able to build this weird map around each player of their range, based on their position and how far they can go and get this ball, that ball, this ball, that ball.
3: Their route off the the, the, uh, contact and- So Kevin
2: Pilar was better at getting doubles behind him. Right then and they then you play, in the, and you play in the AL East yeah. and it's better to keep the ball in front of you so who cares if he can catch the ball in front but catching the ball behind right you're talking about extra bases right doubles and triples you want that guy to steal those kind of balls
3: and you'll, you'll and then it becomes an exchange of okay we'll give up arm strength for coverage of the field and so on, so over. Offensive with. ability, Carlos
0: right G- yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, Carlos this Gomez. Just, this great. is good stuff. Okay, so <laughs> Sorry, what <yeah>. I <laughs> took from that <laughs> yeah. is that the Star
0: Wars episode where he's playing 3D chess is actually a real thing. True. And the guy pressing the button can do that job while eating a chicken wing with the <laughs> other hand. <laughs> That's right. That's the only <laughs> thing I got out of that. <laughs> And I think now wow. that's probably what they use because I think now in baseball, they, they, uh, they even show the percentage chance of a guy getting to a ball in the outfield. So he made a yep. catch and they say that was only an 11% chance of him catching that ball, mm-hmm. which probably all wraps up to this those kind are all of analytics. Factors and on, those
1: you know, are all factors in pro ball all, now. And yeah. of all the sports, you know, basketball, there's, they're, they're starting to go into analytics. Guys, uh, their shot percentage from the corner, from the top of the key. Yeah. I get all that. But there's, there's a certain amount of eye, the eye test that you could pass in basketball that eliminates a little bit of the analytics. Yeah. Baseball, not so much. No. Baseball is analytics heavy and I love it. And I I love it. I love the the fact that they can go right down to the detail of like- That's
2: what we're trying to do right now with the Jays,
1: right? It's Moneyball, right?
2: What's this guy's on base percentage? What's the slugging percentage? If you string enough guys up and down the lineup, one through nine? If you put enough of them together you might make it to the like that's literally what the Oakland A's like people probably people listening are probably watch Moneyball right with Brad Pitt for the most part it's just kind of like that's not a joke like that's real people like most big league teams are doing this stuff now I hate Giambi because of that that movie actually (laughs) or Jeremy anyways (laughs) yeah super interesting all right hey
0: Yes. Again, we're going to end this episode. This episode's got to finish. But this is this so for me, this really definitely for your listeners. He will be on again. We yeah. will dive in even deeper into the depths of baseball analytics, especially in terms of the Blue Jays. Uh, but we want to thank you very much for oh, taking you, the time guys. away, thank coming so out much. here. Yeah. I want to shout out to Sampan who, who connected yeah.
2: us. Yeah. Uh, how do you know Sampan anyway? I don't know if I want to tell the story. No, I'm just kidding. Um, my my so so uh, one of my good friends uh, Nick just introduced us. We were just at a party once, okay. and uh, yeah, I hooked up Sampan with uh, an application for the cellular device that I won't say what the <laughs> the app is called. <laughs> no, we were we were just messing around a long time ago. It was his first time on Tinder. <laughs> oh. he was... <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna love that story. He's probably, oh, he's, yeah, when he listens to this, I now, told yeah. him
0: to come out tonight, and he's like, "Oh, I gotta go to dinner with the yeah, girlfriend." No, he
2: wants to play a poker night. But yeah, anyways, thanks, Sam.
0: Yeah, thanks, Sam. Ben, thanks. That was that Never was awesome. Him, but
2: thank you, pal. Yeah, we'll get
0: him out next time too. Sam's actually got a really good radio voice. I keep telling him he's got to get on best. this kind yeah, of yeah, stuff. He's an awesome guy. Yeah. Um, hey. Okay, we're gonna go out to your favorite song. Uh-oh. And, uh oh. And again, thank you so much. <laughs> yes. And thank we're you. Can't wait for the next one. <laughs>